Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here. It's beautiful late evening, a.k.a. your host as always, Captain Brunch, being joined as always by co-host Destin Soglo Frasier. Superheroes. That's what we're doing? Really? We've been doing superheroes for the last decade, my friend. You got to remember <laughs> that whenever something's booked, that means that it's usually 10 years out of date. We're not doing superheroes. We're redoing superheroes. Okay. That's exactly what's happening. So what you know, every rough. Okay. Yeah, you know, it. You know what it is? It's a new era. You got to remember something that's very important that's happening, and that's the fact that uh, right now, everyone's in a transitional period in the world. You're all coming out. I consider this like a reboot. You know the way they had after Christ and before Christ. We have before COVID and after COVID. Now, that's what the new BC. <laughs> it's still BC and AC. It still is before and after. So everybody oh. has. Everybody has different professions now. Take Laura Sullivan, for example. I don't know if you heard on the news. I can't believe we're jumping into the news this early. But Laura Sullivan, well, apparently, another one for you, but. He, he's going to be a boxer. And, and I have, and I for one was surprised because I always thought that he was either going to be a pitcher or a catcher. With that, I shout out everyone listening across the airwaves of iTunes and Stitcher and everyone else that turned it off after that. <laughs> Tune in in uh, SoundCloud and iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and all the other popular places podcasts are found, as well as those listening to the live video feed at TalkFrench.com, Facebook, and Twitch. That was a, that was a little bit... Oh. It's more of saying when it takes you a second. <laughs> That's why it's a war. Those delayed reactions are the worst one. Stasis called it for a few weeks. I feel bad I never brought up an air, but every time freaking this chick came out across, she was like, they're going to mighty molly her. They're going to mighty molly her. They're going to mighty molly her. And I kept hearing her say that. They're going to mighty molly her. And then today it panned out and I saw her wearing a mask. And it was like, I told you, they're going to mighty molly her. And I don't know why. I hate to jump into Raw this early. I don't know why. Even with the face on, with the mask, I was still <laughs> hanging on to hope that when they zoomed out, it wasn't going to be sad. Like, look, what else you could too. it be? What else could it be? But I'm like, yeah, gonna. I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if they'll fully. I don't think that they're going to. And then they panned out and I was like, wow, we just, we just did it. I hope they understand. <laughs> this gimmick has no other option but to get over because of it even so much as trips. That gimmick is fantastic. I love it. Look, we're all out of order today. You know what? My program's disheveled anyway. That's why I got on late. Like, everything's perfect in the program except the order. But you know what? Why not talk about it? I wanted to mention it to you because I was thinking about what happened. I love it. I know people are going to say, oh, the Nikki Cross thing. What I like about it, it's not the superhero thing that I like about Nikki Cross. What I like about Nikki Cross is that she doesn't give a fuck about any other storyline that's going on but her own. I've never seen such a natural selfishness like i'm seeing in nikki cross like she doesn't care about anything anything that's going on but her own stuff you know like she doesn't care about Rhea and charlotte hating each other she doesn't care that her ex-best friend lexi is a demon now 
She doesn't care that Reggie is a human voodoo doll or any of that shit. She's just here to stack wins and make money and put herself over. You know, she's like, listen, I know you guys got your little supernatural thing going on, but I've been working on this costume all night. (laughs) We'll get into it. Don't mind me, guys. I'll be over there updating my own Wikipedia page. (laughs) We'll get get into what we talk about, Raw, but when she fucking clacked her wrist together, I fell on the fucking floor laughing. She's not even in any of these angles that she's getting over. And she's like, look, you know, this is so, this whole, this whole world so stupid that I'm just going to jump from angle to angle and just get pins. They won't fucking notice. <laughs> no one's, everyone's so, everyone's so confused. Fucking, they were going to notice that I, I got over. <laughs> like, I love it. She didn't even care about it. I don't even think she noticed Lexi was out there. It could have been Lily and she wouldn't have given a fuck. She attacked the dolphin for the hot tag and everything. She didn't care. She's completely. She's she's really, like me. You do all like she's become like I have, where she's just literally just going with the punches, just like whatever. At this point, I'm just here. I'm just gonna just let it happen. <laughs> it works. Nikki Cross found her groove. But yeah, Lyle Sullivan, huh? Boxer from pitcher to catcher to boxer, or from wrestler to pitcher to catcher to boxer. <laughs> Well, you added the wrestler, but left in the picture. Oh, yeah. shit. Like, yeah, he he definitely, he's a busy man. Right now, all that chin, that motherfucker showing up to give them knockouts. Yeah, I give him, I give him much props. You know, I don't really know too much. Inf- who, who, who gets the information from him? Who does he talk to? He's not talking to Melsa, right? He can't be. Are we just making shit up about Lars? Is it just clickbaity? I mean, let's be real. It's all believable. He's crazy, yeah, so. Yeah, I guess. All right. Well, I guess we got to follow this program now. It's not as fun when we do, but if we don't, then the show goes long because the program will still be here, you know? So, Lars was on it, though, so we knocked one out, right? It wasn't at that part, but, you know, I'll just count right. that as the, I'll just ding it we, off. We stuck with the, pro- we, we, we stuck with the formula. We started yeah. out funny. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So, AEW, apparently, what we have here is footage of the new video game that they're collaborating with and U- Ukes with. Yeah. It's a um, little bit of a sneak peek. All right, let me see. It's going to be Darby Island. Let me get this. I'm still getting our Tron up on screen. That's how quickly I try to get on here. All right, there we go. Howdy, folks. Kenny Omega here. Now, I remember before resigning from AEW Two Point Show that I would be back. Not when I had something just to tell you, but when I had something to show you. So without any further ado, I'm very excited to give you guys a little bit of a sneak peek of Darby Allen's character model. Hope you guys enjoy, and hope you guys look forward to new and late-breaking news on future AEW two-point show episodes. Goodbye and good night. Oh, that was that, huh? Yeah, not much, but I mean, like we saw. Yeah, well, what do you think of what you saw here? I mean, the model looks good, of course. You yeah, know, his, I mean, his model looks like good down to a T. What I do like that I did see it was a particular moment when um Darby I guess gonna I guess that looks like it's from the create a moveset mode. I'm guessing they're gonna have a new have a mechanic where the wrestlers are more reactant to their environments. Cause I mean draw Darby drop kick somebody into the apron and they react yeah. thoroughly. Not just like you see in the two K games where they just still slide down. They just happen to not go as far but Yeah, better use of camera angles as well I'm noticing here. You know, and when I notice if this is going to be a part of uh, Darby's moveset, props to them on getting the authenticity of um, Darby using a coffee dro- coffin drop from multiple angles. So. 
Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think it, I mean, it's all they have to do really is, is put back the way things were a couple of years ago. The games were fine. You know, I had no issues with the games before. Yeah. It just feels like it they're, they're really reached. good. It moves good. I don't know what I'm seeing too. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it does. And I mean, hey, gotta say it, it's more than just somebody hitting one move on Cesaro. So. Mm-hmm. But that's still all we've seen from 2K. The thing is, Forbes spoke to Tony Khan recently, and they said that AEW had $43.7 million from TNT for their television deal, but they're still in the red because they turned that around and invested eight figures on the AEW games division. So all of the profit has already been now turned over to make these games work out. And to be completely honest with you, as much as we criticize wrestling, right now the last place where I would be investing money is in a gaming division. And it's not because gaming isn't fun. It's because right now gaming isn't necessarily always profitable. There's a lot of big companies, if you look back at Project CD Red and a lot of these companies that have suffered major losses as a result of technicalities as well as just the, the state of the business right now. I don't think, no matter who you are, whether you're a professional gaming developer or indie gaming developer or anything like this, it's a good idea to put all your eggs in one basket right now with the gaming industry, you know? So, and news right now is really, uh, is really rough too, to say the least. I don't want to segue too much into that, but I don't even bother to cover or look at or go over too much of that because of just the state of it right now. And I think I'm, I'm assuming you're in the same boat, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so days I scroll through my Facebook and see different dirt sheets, and I'm just like, mm. well, that's depressing. There's a stronger bias in the gaming industry than there is ever in the wrestling, as hard as that would be for someone to believe. But gamers, I don't trust the credibility at this point of pretty much anyone but myself. And that sounds it's not egotistical. I think it's wise. I think everyone should do the same because it feels like everyone has an agenda. Yeah, that's kind of how I've been maybe the past. God, four, maybe five years when it comes to gaming. Just at this point, I don't listen to the reviewers anymore because there's been a lot of games where I've seen everybody hate. I play it and I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you? This is great. But, yeah. But then you got to just by your own opinion. It's hard to find someone whose opinion is not being used in some sort of a, of a cunning way to try to manipulate you. Like I like myself as a as a lifelong Sony fan think that for once we should let the other side of Microsoft, we should yield and just admit that this one time they got us and that uh. Over at Microsoft, they are better, you know, and I think you could take it from me as somebody who's followed Sony my entire life and has supported them, uh, you know, uh, we'd give one to the other team. Yeah, and then as somebody who really, when it comes to both of those, don't really pick a side, I mean, yeah, <laughs> Game Pass is magical. Oh, man, that was, that was real dark inside, right? Right. See, we're going to have so much heat from Sony fans now. <laughs> Wait a minute, he didn't. What do you mean? Uh, hold on. <laughs> Especially me because I own both systems. So. Which which systems is which which platforms are you I'm talking? Series or or the current gen or last gen? I guess I don't even know what the uh, hell. Well, well, I'm still technically on last gen. I'm waiting to move up to the five and the and the X, but no, the five and the Series S. But gotcha. Yeah, what do you just, need? I, I, when it comes to the consoles, I really don't do launches. Just because, especially this year, this this time around was rough. But I just kind of, I give it a little bit of time, see how everything goes, and then I kind of move. But as little as you game, what the fuck do you need two consoles for? Sometimes I jump back and forth between the two. That's like me having two. Lately, but, but that's like me having two sets of rollerblades. You know, rollerblades too, babe. Okay. <laughs> do you really? 
I don't yeah, remember rollerblading really like decades. I'm just saying, I would be like, if I had two sets of rollerblades, like, I'm probably going to take one out once. You know, I see so many gamers like that, too, that'll have, like, they'll be stacking shit, man. They'll be like, I got the console at launch. I got all of the games. And then I'll watch them and I'll look at their their um activity. Not really in a stalkish way, but when I first sign on, like, I check the store. I'll check the list and it's like, see what everyone's doing. And they're always never doing nothing. I'm like, what the hell? That's money well spent for Microsoft, but not them. Or for Sony, but not them. I kind of feel like I got it out the out the best of both ends because uh, we always we always hit the discounts and the big sales and we're careful what we purchase and uh, we utilize everything. You know, I was thinking about I'm actually I'm working on a graphic for when our gaming streams. I don't want to segue too far from wrestling. But I'm working on a graphic for when our gaming streams go off the air, and uh, one side of it's going to be a credit roll of just the people who are in the stream hanging out, and then the other side is going to be a credit roll of all the games beaten this year, because that's how many there are. There could be a credit roll. You could just yeah, leave it there, like 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 the end of a fucking Scorsese movie, and just put some music on and just let it go, and then at the end put the little. See, what you gotta do? <laughs> yeah, this is what you gotta do. You gotta make it authentic. You gotta have it be like in the middle of end, even in the um end of Evangelion. Just that particular style, just roll through the music and shit. It'd be great. It's funny how people got tricked into a false sense of elitism, and I kind of feel that way with wrestling and with gaming. The wrestlers they got tricked into a false sense of elitism, like like Cornette and others have talked about in the past, where they are now trained to. Before in the past, they were trained to uh, where it was fake, but everybody believed it and they weren't hurting themselves. Now everybody knows that it's fake, but they really do hurt themselves. Who are the marks? That sense. And then with the gamers, the the elitism isn't in the accomplishments, but in the devotion to the companies. And I think that that makes them all look really stupid to actual hardcore gamers, like the ones that are going around playing elitist, which is the reason I found the gaming community more toxic than the wrestling community. Because gaming communities are more like cults. But I really find the suckers to be the ones that go around waving flags, whether it be the council or the platform I'm on or otherwise. And then you look at their actual activity and they're not really indulging on any of the stuff. They're not eating from the fruits. They're just guarding the trees. <laughs> what the fuck are they doing out there, you know? When do you ever see me like, oh, council, good view. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm just here. I'm indulging. I'm too busy building my own resume, my own ladder and prestige. Uh, if I'm doing anything with gaming or any interest or creating content with it. But I just find so many people like on both sides that just look ridiculous. They're spending all this money and they're doing all this stuff and making all this investment. I got mine on launch. I bought this day one. I got the platinum edition, the gold edition, the this, the, but do you actually do anything? It's kind of like I would prefer for my gaming resume to look better than the profit margin of the companies i mean don't get me wrong i hope that the companies do good too but there are people who are literally working and then coming home and investing their money and time into just supporting these fucking companies and then not playing the games that much and it's like it's not like in the past the companies want you to see it because you can go to anyone and it shows you time played on a game you will find people that have played like three four hours that have invested thousands dude that's a vacation that shit. you could just go to hawaii and you'd have more hours <laughs> and more fun if you're not gonna have the time to game admit it to yourself just put the sword down in the stone put the master sword back in the rock and leave the fucking lost woods that's a zelda reference but they wouldn't know that because they're not fucking gaming they're just out there promoting the consoles <laughs> i love how you stuck a reference in there and then whipped it right back around i didn't even know i was gonna <laughs> just the way my mind works you know fantastic but yeah i know exactly what you mean like i see the same people like i'm not gonna act like i'm gaming all over the fucking place i don't usually have as much time as i'd like to yeah but you've never but you've never like called me you never called into the show from like a fucking tent because you were outside waiting for something that was launching a minute you know what i mean like there are people i'm talking about you know (laughs) 
where it's like, hey, Terrible man, you know, I got my I got my ramen noodles here with a, and, I, and I'm in the tent waiting for my fucking my pee bucket. I'm ready to go. Like, <laughs> It's just like, what are they doing? And I never see you on social media, like waving a flag for any companies either. You know, but you know how many of my friends who I've known for years that don't know I still have both. It's like, I don't talk about it. <laughs> So that I find out. Ever mentioned if it's if it's ever just brought up, hey, which ones do you have? Oh, I got this and this. Oh, cool, that's it. <laughs> but but the but the segue to this, which is a bit deliberate, is that I'm finding the same thing. There's an algorithm to everything in the world, like I've talked about on here before. I'm finding the same bad habits between the gaming community and the wrestling community. Because on one hand, you have people who are fighting over what has the what's the better shit and who should get what and who has what at launch, and they're not actually playing or experiencing the games. You know, I know because I make a point to invite anybody who's who's talking shit to anything that we play, no matter what it is. And I'm I'm I'll play whatever. Um, and then on the other hand, you got the wrestling people who are critical of AEW or WWE or NXT or MLW or whatever. But to be honest with you, in all of 2021, when I try to sit down and have a conversation with anyone as to what it is that they like or don't like about these companies, no one's been able to actually give me an answer that I could take pencil to paper on. Like if I had to write an essay and go around and ask my peers why they do or don't like certain wrestling companies, no one's actually able to give an answer. And it goes back to the same reason why the game with the gamers, the gamers aren't actually playing the game, so they can't actually review them aside from their own biased opinions. And the wrestling fans aren't actually paying attention to the wrestling. They're on social media while these matches are going on. They're talking to each other, they're messaging, they're making gifts, they're doing things. They're not paying attention to the fucking matches. I can't remember, Destin, the last time I was able to talk to someone the way you and I talk on the show, besides Stasis, the way you and I talk on the show about the actual product, not just moments, like, oh, they made a wizard come out with a wand and we thought that they're dickheads. I'm not talking, right. like, I'm talking like the way you and I are able to look at something and go, all right, well, this is what happened. This is the way that they layered it out. Act one was this, collar and elbow tile. They reversed into this, they turned this into that. The psychology then went to a heel. You know what I mean? What we didn't like about it was this was missing. What we did like about it was that was added. There's never, it's, it's almost like no one's actually watching. Like they kind of watch like the way you would see a fight in Dragon Ball. They just see two guys collide. A bunch of shit happen, a bunch of sounds go off, and they all look beat up afterwards. Like, I don't really see people, like, assessing what's happening. And it, it's kind of shitty to say, but it almost feels like that, that that makes them disqualify themselves from being able to objectively determine for themselves what the better product is. And I guess the next part is going to be where I get a little bit of heat. But today, I came to an epiphany realizing this when I watched what I think is one of the best episodes of NXT of the year rivaling even the paper we saw last night um ironically and this is going to sound rougher than i mean it but i'm realizing now that ironically if it wasn't for aew we would finally have what we've been wanting all these years is for people to all be paying attention to where the good wrestling is the whole point of aew was for people to get eyes on where the good wrestling is so then everybody's eyes went there and now the good wrestling isn't fucking over there ironically so we're in the same situation because we're once again the minority here pandering for the little guy, which is ironically NXT. Because remember, when we started the show around 2014, 2013, we were the Ring of Honor guys. You know, we were the ones saying, you got to check out Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. You know, you got to check out Bobby Fish. You got to check out, you know, like that, that whole group. We were those guys. And, and, then, and now we're fucking here again. And it's like the AEW guys is where we thought we needed to be. And we're back. I feel like we're watching Ring of Honor all over again, where there's this niche thing that's really good that no one knows about. 
that has the same guy, and then the other thing that's stupid is the one that's getting all the attention. It's like the same thing happened, but almost in reverse. And no one's seen it because they're not really analyzing it the way that we are. Can you believe it? Like we watched it. We're all, we, we all switch sides. Every, every one of us. Think about it. Everyone's on a different side of the fucking board from where they were when this all started. If you've been part of the show since the, since the beginning. Every person. I thought about that today. Even Kula, who they were joking. We were joking in the Gilded about how Kula, oh, Team AEW. Kula was the only person. He was the last man standing during the beginning of the Wednesday Night Wars. He was the NXT guy in the chat room. Remember? I remember that shit. It's kind of like everyone wound up on a different side. Even the wrestlers, because still, still somehow the ones I'm still promoting are the guys from Ring of Honor in 2014. I didn't mean for it to. But honestly, and I don't want to get too much into it for the week. We're going to talk about it later. But it just made me realize that there's, there's not a competition that like, to me, I don't see the competition anymore. And I know a lot of there's going to be a lot of heat with that. But today just made me realize that honestly, the people that are on NXT at this point, they're operating on like a completely different level. It's not even fair. This is like the equivocal to when the androids were, were, were uh, coming and Vegeta was training in the gravity room and Yamcha was lifting weights. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, props to Yamcha, <laughs> but don't, don't even like there are things happening on NXT that they couldn't even begin to understand if they're not watching it. Like these guys are training like they're, they're training on like on a whole different level. I, it took me like hours to watch it because I had to rewind everything. There's not a moment in that show. You just the whole thing's a highlight. Oh my god, right. The whole thing. The whole damn thing. And they don't get enough credit for how crazy it is. Like the entire show is like gold. That's the best wrestling in the fucking world by far. Before it was like, oh well it might be a little bit close. It's not even it's it's not it almost doesn't look like the same thing. To be completely honest with you. Yeah, that's the reality. And I know Triple H recently said that in the in the NXT takeover press conference that we have the best girls on the planet and then Thunder Rosa got angry and she tweeted out something like uh, the best girls on the planet are not in one wrestling company, they're all over the world. Uh, no, you're good. And there are some uh, some girls in other wrestling companies that are good in other parts of the world, but the best girls on the planet right now are in NXT. And it's not like collective it's collective Rosa, not just like two or yeah, three. Yeah, collectively by far. And it's not like it was just out of nowhere. It's been progressing and they've been working for it and they've been building to it. And everyone that's on that roster, little by little, has has gotten better. And down to Aaliyah. Like if you look at that roster and everyone where they were versus where they are now. Every single person is like twice what they were, if not more. And it's the bottom barrel people on NXT can out wrestle most of the top tier women in the world. Maybe not a Thunder Rose or someone like that, but a lot of these women, like they have something really special going on in NXT right now. And that says a lot because it's not like they didn't have special stuff before. No one's going to remember any of this AEW bullshit years from now. I promise you. Like not the specifics like they are with NXT. I know. But, uh. And that's not saying you can't like AEW, but it's saying don't be the typical person who's liking them just out of spite. Yeah, and if it's your thing, that's your thing. But I mean, for me, my strong, my strong opinion that I just can't get enough of the stuff that they're doing there. Not just the wrestling, the booking, the writing, everything like that whole thing. For me, I have almost zero complaints at this point. That is a, that is a perfect show to me. Oh yeah, like they are the guys who. That's the last. I think that's the last stand for real wrestling, man. Honestly, that hasn't had some strange shit added to it. But uh. Yeah, I digress. Eight figures on the gaming division, which is not smart, considering now that we have analyzed the state of the two communities, because you got finicky wrestling fans that have to interact with finicky gamers that are going to buy a finicky wrestling game. (laughs) When you really think about it, like this is just I don't think they should have spent eight figures on the AEW games division was the whole point of this. And uh, 
yeah, it could be a bit of a problem. I mean, I don't think they'll care. I don't think that they're going to hurt that much. You know, I mean, eight figures is eight figures. Eight figures is eight figures. And a lot of people, I know they were talk. There were talks where uh, about the Thunderdome because, from if you guys recall, we had a Thunderdome at WWE, and then Tony Khan he just had some of the wrestlers filling at the front, and he was questioned about that. It's like WWE finally got got up, manned up, and they put together the Thunderdome. And then this guy, on the other hand, uh, you know, he just kept the fans and he kept the thing going. So he spoke to UPI, and he was quoted as saying that I didn't want to have a video wall. And I pushed back when I got pushed to do a video wall. It was a fine idea and WWE did it, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. I respect it. It's good and it's economical, but I wanted to continue to find a way to do shows for the fans every week. And the fans at the Daily's Place supported us. We built, we built like a wrestling territory having a weekly audience. I'm really proud of that. And the fans at Daily's Place supported us. We built like a wrestling territory, you know, so... Pretty much, what are your thoughts on him saying that he didn't think, he doesn't feel that he had a Thunderdome? And also the speculation going around that is that he was too cheap to have one. So, the problem with him, if he would, the problem with that, if he would have started a Thunderdome, the first thing everybody would have said was, oh, you're just copying WWE. So it's like nobody would have thought, oh, AEW's trying this. I mean, the one thing I've always liked is the fact that, like, we saw the fans and we didn't have to think for any moment that the crowd noise was piped in or anything like that. They didn't run into like the fire of Elatine Dream and Chris Benoit photos and all that other kind of bullshit. If I Don't had to wrong, give... I like the Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I like the fact that it was two different things. Like, they don't have to do the exact same thing. Yeah, and if I had to give credit with AEW back when it was good, because in the beginning it was good. When we first went into that pandemic and it was just a culture shock, I remember us being on here reviewing the fact that their show felt the less... Uh, affected the least affected out of all of them where even though there were less people there it still somehow retained the vibe that it had the good dynamite episodes where everything else especially smackdown that had bright lights on and empty arenas just it felt like like when you really look back at it smackdown was torture those first few smackdowns when no one was there it was weird like having freaking bailey and sasha out there with these and they didn't even have the chairs folded up like we weren't even prepared like the chairs it looked like when you walk into a classroom on the last day of school the chairs are just all out there and shit it may as well have been rick grimes and carol wrestling in the ring because it felt like it was the apocalypse and there were just two people who found a fucking wrestling ring and got into it you know it was just the most dark like like i did not like it so i remember giving AEW credit because i was like oh wow watching this this still has that good vibe and this still has that good feel to it but you know what are your thoughts on yeah, but what are your thoughts to add this all being like a smokescreen for the fact that he didn't want to spend the cash? I mean, considering m- money's never been an issue for Tony. Like, as much money as we've heard, we just talked about them shelling out eight figures for the video game division. So it's like, it's not like it, it's not like he couldn't have done it. He probably just didn't want to. Now, it's been pointed it's out. It's kind of like, why go from having that intimate environment of sometimes it's just the wrestlers and then more people to then screens? Now, it's been pointed out, just to play a bit of devil's advocate, it's been pointed out that when you really look at it, much like in many families, this is Tony Khan's money technically, but technically, it's Shahid Khan's money, kind of like with Dixie Carter, it was her parents' money. It's not that different here. And if you guys recall, the story going around with Dixie was that the investors being her parents and the the parent company, they eventually just didn't want to put more money into this thing. So keeping in mind that Tony Khan is the one that has the uh, the vision of having uh of having this you know what i mean and that his father doesn't agree 
I thought that that'd be something that I would point out to you. Now, what makes that interesting is that uh, his father spoke to Forbes. And in regards to AEW, he was vocal about not agreeing with wrestling. And what he basically said was, I absolutely didn't think this was a good idea. I told, Cohen, I told Tony, look, when I'm dead and gone, I'm going to be leaving you and your sister a lot of money. Why don't you blow some of that while I'm alive? Quote. So just to let you guys know, the cons don't give a fuck about money. If you think that this company's <laughs> going anywhere or anything that happen or they won't spring for things if they need it. That was the quote from the father who doesn't like or, 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 or doesn't think wrestling is a good idea. It literally said, when I'm dead and gone, Go I'm going to give you and your sister a lot of money. Why don't you blow some of that while I'm alive? I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want my competition to think like that. No matter who they are, no matter whether the wrestling's good or bad. Like the last thing in the world is I want my competition to be slapping people in the face with $1,000 bills. (laughs) Like, whoa, like, whoa, this guy doesn't care. It doesn't even matter. This is just a toy to them. They're worse worse than the the people who bought the consoles at launch. Oh, my God. They're like, whatever, I'll buy my console at launch and not even play that shit. They paid the company to pick it up at the fucking warehouse. Their console's AEW. The whole thing. That's their video game console. They'll buy it and they'll play with it when they want. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just keep it and brag about it like our friends do. Hey, look, I got it. (laughs) Look look at my shiny AEW. Look at my shiny next-gen AEW that I got at launch. (laughs) I I could play anything on this shit. It has. We just poured it over Big Cass. (laughs) We just poured it over Big Cass. We poured it over Andrade. Better port than they ever had on the other place. <laughs> we poured it over Willie Mac. It's crazy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we got that new 4K patch for which one? Yeah, we did an HD remaster of Mark Henry. <laughs> you know what the funny thing about this? We, we got the collector edition of Rosemary because I heard during, during the news, it's kind of funny I mentioned that one. Apparently, AEW is, is interested in her. Get her out of impact and away from the book. Well, they're only interested through Allie. Like, Allie was the one during the uh, AEW Unrestricted podcast that said that she would love to be able to have Rosemary here and be able to team back with her and go back right with her and do the they whole do thing. They do have a very storied history in Impact, so. Well, she should be able to. I mean, I don't know why they're acting like it's so, so far away. Sometimes they just show up on each other's shows. Yeah. <laughs> and, know? I mean, at this point, if you're a fan of Allie, everybody knows about the freaking, about Demon Bunny. So, Impact, Impact Wrestling is huge for them. If AEW was Family Guy, Impact Wrestling's the Cleveland show. At the very, <laughs> at the very least, some characters will cross over, and when this shit eventually falls, they'll all be welcome over here. You know, move back to the house across the street. <laughs> you know, I'm so mad at my fucking brain because all I see is fucking Kenny Omega getting launched and like fucking who, who's over there, Eric Younghouse, and all you see is Eric come out of the tub. No, 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 no. Can't believe that that was able to be a running gag as long as it was too. It's like, man, you guys are able to set this up it, brilliantly. It never stop being funny. Seeing you guys even, set this shit up from already moved, it was funny. Seeing you guys set this shit up from space. That's high level. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did we? <laughs> that boys and girls is how you don't run a joke into the ground because they only did it what every like couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. So every time <laughs> you saw much. it, it was exciting. It was like, oh shit again. It, you know what it was? That in the Peter Chicken fight. Yeah, well, those are beautiful choreographed. Those the are choreographed greatest like running gags in all of Family Guy. Those are choreographed like NXT matches. <laughs> oh my god, cinematic like NXT matches. Mm-hmm. And AEW also had a photo shoot with Forbes. 
Look at this here. These are just the different photos that they did. They did like a little stop motion image type deal here. It's oh, cute. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You look at the big show. They, 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 people pointed out that you could see the big show, I guess, his new wrestling attire, assuming that he does wrestle. Yeah, it looks like what his ring gear could be. There he is. Oh, good for him. So funny that they have those guys there. I don't know what, what they're going to do. The booking, no matter how much we like the company, the booking has been horrendous. You got to give them that, man. Yeah. Like, it just, it's not consistent. It's just kind of like booking, you know? Like, they're just like, all right, let's just have some matches. Let's just go out there and have some fun. And then they do. Like, what do you think that they would need to do in order to, uh, I guess, stabilize themselves? Because their fans, like, they still aren't hitting, like, the level of fans that they need to have to be considered real competition. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, see, that's that that's the part that I have. That's the part that I don't know if I have trouble explaining it or I have trouble figuring out myself. Because, I mean, yeah, things definitely need a lot definitely needs to change. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I might sleep on that one for a little bit because it's kind of it's tricky. It's tricky. I mean, there's obviously stuff that I enjoy there, but there is a lot that needs work. Yeah booking namely like there's some things that are freaking magical like the acclaim and the inner circle have easily become my two favorite parts of aew every week <laughs> but there's thing there's got to be more that they have on that level of entertainment because mm-hmm. like, yeah, like I like with, with nxt for example nxt starts as hot as it as usually it finishes nxt starts full throttle and then ends probably sometimes redlining what i heard is that Shawn Michaels' wife suggested to him that when you're doing intros and shit, that you're giving the audience too much time to think and do other shit and potentially switch over to Dynamite during the Wednesday Night Wars. And at that point, they decided to shorten everybody's intros in NXT. That way they come out quicker and get to whatever's going to happen faster. I didn't really notice this, if it's that's what they're doing. I guess I'll have to go back and look, but apparently this is part of one of the key elements, and it might be why you, it's the way you're describing it, like it starts strong and strong, the whole middle strong, you know? Sometimes it feels like in WWE, and I've joked about this, where it almost feels like they can distort reality, like fucking Q from Star Trek, because I've seen people sprint down to the ring like Warrior, and when they need it to take 20 minutes, it'll take 20 minutes. You'll be like, damn, he's still running? When's the fucking match going to start? They'll be like, brought to you, bye. And I'm like, what is this shit? And Stacker, too. Yeah, like, like, is the match ever going to start? But you really think about it, Randy Orton's the new taker, if you ever think about that. He has the slowest edges out of everybody by like five or six minutes. Yeah, I, you know what it is? You when know, he teams he, up his, with people. His, his, his song always hits that epic celebration guitar solo in it. I noticed that happens every week now. When he teams up with people. I kind of feel like because he's Randy Orton, like you gotta you 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 owe it to him to like kind of accommodate his intro, and that kind of annoys me when when people don't like. I'm like, come on, man! Like you fucking that up. Like I remember one time, most Survivor Series, I think it was 2011 or 2012, and he was in the team and he went out there, and it was like his music because he's the captain, and it was like Kofi and a few other people that are a little bit bouncy, and they're like out there with him during that intro. And I'm just like, man, get the fuck out of here, you know, like. You guys should have like an intimidating presence all coming to the ring, and it's like you got one guy over here shuffling his feet and shit while during the Orton intro, you know? Like, slow your shit down a little. You know, I'm still, why are you still moving like that, Kofi? <laughs> you know, so I kind of like, and then, you know, it works with Riddle though, because Riddle's deliberately doing it. You know, it's kind of like he's on a scooter, and it definitely fucks that intro up. 
Like, that's like something I would do in the game. Like, I would have been like, I'm going to give you a sidekick on a scooter. (laughs) You know? But it's like, that's what makes it work. But I, but I, whenever I see Orton Sintra, I always think about that. I'm like, you know what? Certain people, when you pair them together, they they have to have a better look to them. You know? Um, At least Orton has the decency to slow scooter down or something. Well, the alternative will be eventually Orton gets a scooter too. The day Orton comes out with a scooter. I mean, think about it. Every wait for it to happen. Like, come on, you know that that's the direction it's got to go in. Think about it. When X Pac and Kane teamed up, it's not like X Pac became more like Kane and started wearing a mask. Kane became more like X Pac. Kane always becomes more like the guy he teams with, right? How could they resist? Never <laughs> forget that fucking thing with Kane goes soccer. Come on, man, you don't need this. <laughs> Okay. I was like, oh, I was so disappointing. And they tried to give the t- fans still pop for it just because it was suck it. Okay. Anytime he fucking talks, only pop for it. But see, then there's times when that word, when that fucking fails horribly. Prime example, fucking during the, the Monday Night Wars, that's those hor- those seven weeks when fucking Abyss got Hogan's ring and then he got new music and then and he abyssed up. I hated, I fucking hated that. And then, that was during the immortal thing too, when he when he became a worshiper of Hogan. I just remember that because it's like, wait a minute, why does his ring give him powers? And Abyss of all people doesn't strike me as the guy who would have a hero like Hogan. That had to be Hogan's idea, right? It sounds like a Hogan idea. Of course, that was Hogan's idea. That it would be like Abyss looks up to Hogan. It made sense when he had the thing where like Foley was his hero because I mean, Abyss was virtually like the Mick Foley of TNA, like. Because Hogan comes off as the kind of guy that you'd have to explain to him that monsters don't look up to people. Because it's like, I always thought that was weird. I'm glad you brought that angle up because I always wondered about that. Like, because I kind of came in in the middle of that angle. I don't remember if I was watching regularly, but I do remember that when Hogan gave him his ring, like Abyss kneeled and shit, and he was just like, he was empowered by it. And it was like, was there ever a backstory before this of Abyss liking Hogan, like growing up or anything? Do they have pictures of him like as a little no. kid with Hogan? Like, you know, with WWE, he, he sometimes just, it'll be like, oh, he really was. No, it's just like out of nowhere, right? Cause I've seen WWE do it, and then you find out, oh, shit, it's a shoot. Look, this is the minute autograph signing. They were five. There was That's nothing like that with a vest, right? Kind of funny, we have this picture up right now. A case of that working out like a shoot is Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. Because I think Guevara showed, um, showed a picture on his social media when he was like a little kid and took a picture with Jericho. He also showed a picture when he was uh, just to troll uh, MJF, since he hates MJF. He put a picture of MJF with CM Punk as a little kid. I saw that. <laughs> Look at that shit. That is messed up, right? Ain't that a bitch. What a weird kid. <laughs> Stasis, Stasis said earlier when she saw that picture that he looks like one of those kids that kills animals. Like pull the legs off of spiders and shit. That's fucked, man. He was that kid, God forbid, you're the spider that gets caught in his house. Because you finna die slow. I don't know. What was it that MJF said about the Sasha Banks thing? Because he, they, when these guys were tweeting each other back and forth, MJF apparently said something that was like tongue in cheek to the Sasha Banks thing. Oh, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of like, oh, like it was something along the lines of trying to cancel him or something. Because whatever it was, he, he replied back and he's like, that's cool. Just take a jab at one of the most difficult times of my life. I like how everyone thinks this is quote unquote good character work. Meanwhile, you truly are a real life piece of shit. So, ouch. <laughs> like how these stories are just jumping everywhere. They're on the program, but they're completely out of order here. Sometimes you guys swing walk up. At least we do it and are successful at it. But another attempt that AEW is going to be making at success is they're going to be coming to my neck of the woods. I heard about this. I actually heard about this before the dirt sheets. 
AEW New York City. Welcome to New York City. That's for you, Cooler. Welcome to New York City. Oh, <laughs> I can't remember you that off. I can't believe you remembered that. Yeah, and he was one of the only people. What was that game that he used to like? I played it and it was True terrible. Crimes, True, True Crime York. Streets of New York, right? For the old Xbox. Oh, man. <laughs> it was in a worse state than Cyberpunk when it came out. <laughs> An actual worse state, not just people bitching. Worst. Yeah, it was rough, my friend. It was on a it was in a worse state on the console it was built for. Welcome to New York City. Wednesday, September twenty second, Queens, New York. This is literally landing in my lap. Doors open at 6 p.m. Showtime, 7 p.m. Tickets start at $25. This is in the Arthur Ashe Stadium. This is the first wrestling event ever in this stadium. They go on sale July 16th at 10 in the morning. And I got to say, I am deeply... Yeah, I am deeply considering it. I got to say. Deeply, deeply considering going to our first post-world uh, event being that dynamite just to see how they do their first time over on this side because i mean we've done barclays obviously we've done madison square garden a number of times we've done nassau coliseum raw smackdown house show survivor series SummerSlam. so at this point you know we've seen the bucks live and we've seen all, all of a lot of the AEW and ring of honor guys live so now at this point it would be cool to knock in a dynamite off the bucket list yeah, pretty much just to say that, like, you see, you got them all. Yeah, I think it would be a cool idea. Let's bring this large this up a little bit so you guys can take you a look. You get to see again. Sting live. Sting! That's one of those things where, like, I feel like, because that's how I felt when, I, when um, my first Raw when um, The Rock was there. That's got to be, like, one of those once-in-a-lifetime moments. Like, you never thought you were going to see this shit. Yeah, that's true. Like, my, my first Raw, I saw The Rock live. The two SmackDowns I've been to, I saw The Undertaker live. Like that, I feel like Sting's got to be on that list of like I have to see him live. I love when I get the middle. I love when I get the middle center seats of the hard camera, basically exactly center to where the hard camera would be viewed when you're sitting at home. When you get that nice center, maybe maybe third, fourth, fifth row, somewhere where you're close but not right there really cool because then when the, the rock does the does the kip up to the people's elbow he looks like he's looking right at you like i made eye contact once like right at that like, point he, yeah like right at that point it just it's not like i was special or anything but i just happened to be like at the seat where when he when he gets up and he throws the, the arm pad like he's gonna have to look where i was like we made like direct eye contact <laughs> i remember thinking well that was dope like i look right at him and he's about to people's elbow your ass and it was hey, john was cena looking. that was made it better with john cena too which i hated at the time so I was like yes this is all perfect. <laughs> there was, was a fucking kick in the nuts. My first Raw was uh, when Triple H and, and Booker T headlined. And fucking Nash and everybody got involved. I was so excited because from where I was at, it was, I think, on the right side of the ring, which is usually where he does the spit pop. I don't know why he went to the left this night, but I was so tight. I was like, you motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I was like, you're always on this side. Why that side? That's, that's, that I, was like, I was like fucking 10, 11. I took this shit so personally. I was like, yeah. bitch, you knew I was here. You motherfucker. I miss going to, I miss the excitement of, I don't know, we keep segwaying, but I miss the excitement of when the Shield music would hit and we would all wonder if it was our role. Like, is it there? Oh, is it there? I, I, is it I there? Is it going to be the best part? Because they I never came to the same here. place twice. Yeah, that, that was a good time, man. 
And then on top of that, you never knew which one was going to come down your aisle if one came down that aisle. Because they didn't do it like they did when they rebooted them, where like they all came down the same. Like it was like Roman was on one side, Seth was on a completely other one, Dean came from behind the fucking trunk. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Really was. So they're going to be in New York. That's going to be a fun experience. If you've never been to an event and you're in my neck of the woods, I highly suggest that you make it to this. This was announced on W Fan Radio. It's going to be a dynamite grand slam because it's a tennis theme stadium. And obviously, you guys, I hope you know who Arthur Ashe is. If you don't fix your life. And uh, Jericho spoke to New York Daily News, and he's quoted as saying that it's a trumpeting call that AEW is back on the road at the highest of levels. It's ready to take control of New York City in celebration. Its victory will all be vindicated as the coolest wrestling company in the world today. What fans can expect is what we've been doing, just at a higher intensity level and a higher energy level because of the people in the crowd and giving us more inspiration and more energy and more reward for what we're doing. And it's going to be, and that's another thing, because this is their first time in New York and it's in an area, a crowd at Queens, I believe this is a week after there's either a Raw or a SmackDown in New Jersey. There's some WWE event in New Jersey, so they're literally, or might even be the same week. That might be a Monday, might be a Raw in New Jersey. Don't quote me, but somewhere around that time, we have that and then going into Dynamite. What that tells me is that this card is going to be stacked. Even if right now we're not vibing with AEW or whatever, like they're not going to come to Dynamite. I'm going to give them the credit. They're not going to come to Dynamite and give you like Anthony Agogo, you know, versus Peter Avalon. You know, I think they are going. I, I've been hearing like they are going to go balls to the wall for this card. I think the the poster in itself, you kind of get an Omega match. You're probably going to see Sting wrestle. Of course, Jericho, the Bucks. Like you're going to get a lot of the top tier talent. They're not going to come into Queens, New York, and bring you garbage. Like every wrestling company on the planet knows, when you go to New York, you bring out the big guns. Welcome to New York City. Welcome to New York City. Let's use that fucking title screen now. Damn. Yeah, it's a rough one, man. Definitely one to think I about. I remember them. I play sleeping dogs and the fucking pallet guns are like, no. And uh, Jericho was also quoted saying that we've expanded to a lot of people that are just excited to see a different style of wrestling after being fed the same dish for 20 years plus. One of the reasons why AEW has done so well is we're different from WWE, and that's obvious. We do things differently than the way they do it. They're a huge, successful company, especially in the New York market. That's a WWE stronghold. But there are a lot of people who are excited to see things done a little bit differently. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're making our debut in New York City in a stadium. WWE's never been in. I'm sure we, we could have gone to the Garden or done the Barclays Center, but those do have a WWE brush on them. Let's go somewhere else and make it our New York Market Arena. Let's go to the Arthur Ashe Stadium. And that now becomes an AEW stronghold in the middle of New York, which is a McMahon country. So I guess that's the lot. That's that. That's good logic. I can't, I can't argue with that. You know, you really can't. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make your mark, go somewhere where the, where the competition hasn't been yet. Yeah, no, for sure. Eddie Kingston tweeted out and he said, look, this is a big, this is this is big for real. I ain't fucking around. This is big. I'm coming home for the first time with AEW. New York stand up. So that's Kingston. Every time I hear you about to read a quote from Eddie Kingston, 
I instinctively think back to that one to that time. He was like, "What do you say?" He was like, "The world's a cold place. Zip the fuck up." Better zip the. Oh, right after Sammy saying was telling him how great everything is, I was just telling him about the world and just life and how happy it was. Like you know, world's a cold place. Better zip the fuck up. <laughs> I think that was the day I became a man. Was just that line. Talk about popping Sammy's balloon, right? <laughs> right. It was just like, damn. <laughs> Oh, yeah. God. So WWE's first show was in Texas, and AEW's first show was going to be in New York State. So, oh, yeah, definitely crazy, man. Yeah, true that. Let's see if we have other news on this, because I believe that there was in regards to, uh, I think that, yeah, there was a headline. Here it is. They ran a headline for this, this transition. Let me bring it up on the screen. Bear with me here. Here we go. I like this. Wham, bam, look out, McMahon. <laughs> Upstart wrestling team heads to Queens to challenge WWE. That's fucking awesome. If there's one thing this company does not like, is to pick up a newspaper and see this kind of shit. I can tell you that. It doesn't matter if they think this is a small upstart or if it's a big company, if it's actually a threat. They are not, they don't, they're not going to like that shit. Wham, bam, look out, McMahon. <laughs> Oh, it's awesome. That's daily news. Because obviously this is who they've been having all these interviews with where where Jared Corner has been talking about coming and conquering that market. Like that's where all of these quotes come from from this article. So imagine you being part of the creative over there. You pick up that newspaper, you open it up and you have this picture of Britt Baker says Wham Bam. Look out McMahon. And then when you read into it, it's Jericho talking about how he's capturing a market in the heart of New York and that that's gonna be their territory. Because now they're basically saying we're going to just make ourselves comfortable over here in Queens. Whenever we're in Queens, this is going to be our vacation house. Remember, the reason why they always try to blackball you, WWE, we've talked about on the show before. But if you if the garden was to run AEW, WWE has been known when other companies have done this to then pull raw and pay-per-views out in retaliation. And then they, that market winds up losing money for that city. So they kind of make they kind of make sure that if you go with other competition, they'll punish you, which is what happened when New Japan came here. So essentially, but what they happens? They can't punish a building that's never had them there before. Right. So now AEW, they're going to try to do that here. They're going to know that there's going to be their MSG, is what he's basically saying. So yeah, I don't think that's a terrible idea, right? That's brilliant. They need to fix their shit back the way it was before they get here and that's what's bothering me it's not like this has just been a bad company you know it's been good they just need to fix it back the way it was system restore back to like eight or nine months ago jesus like i don't know what the hell the the deal is here but also uh khan spoke to p to pw insider and he said that AEW dark is no longer going to be taped prior to dynamite they're now going to be taping elevation before dynamite which is interesting, because I guess that means Elevation will no longer be at 7 p.m. before Raw, which is, by the way, I've almost never watched it because it's such a bad time slot. But I, So now Elevation will be prior to Dynamite, and they're going to procure a venue for Dark. So, uh, yeah. And here's the official quote, actually. I didn't really have it. He says, before Dynamite, we used to tape Dark. That's going to change. I'm going to tape Elevation before Dynamite now, so it's going to be shorter. Elevation, and I... and I may add matches that I'll explain where I'll add them from. I'm going to procure a venue to use... For, for use to tape dark and other content that'll be great and i'm really looking forward to this i think it's going to be tremendous and it'll be where we'll shoot dark 
and we'll do tapings and it'll be as it's been. It's been a developmental situation and it'll continue to be developmental and it's been going great. It's been, it's, it's been great doing it all under one roof, all at one taping. And there's been advantages, but there'll be some advantages now doing it as its own taping and uh, being able to give 100% attention to those to those and not having to also think about dynamite and soon rampage and elevation also so they are busy 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 they're making moves yeah some good some bad i can tell you this much when it comes to AEW, don't count them out yet <laughs> now that i give <laughs> that one you can agree with huh because they haven't been here since before i was born they get that excuse yeah well we will see we'll see what happens though. so DX has some new merchandise. I don't really talk about shorts on here, but I just figured why not? We should talk about it. Did Did you see any of the new DX merchandise? No, I didn't know they had more. No, I'm not even kidding, man. This isn't like I'm I not usually, trying to. I, my, my indication was usually whenever they run the funny commercial on Raw. Yeah, no, this isn't even a setup for anything. I'm just I'm literally just going to show you the, the the new DX merchandise. So they came out with the new shirt, and it's similar to the old design. If you've seen those before, I'm going to bring it up on screen here. It's the green. A lot of I notice a lot of graphics and designs are going uh are going a little bit flat or a little bit more basic 2020 designs, but it has to break it down there. I would wear that because it's black. I like black's my color and black and green. Those are my colors. If anyone wants to give me a Christmas gift, hint hint. But yeah, so you got here uh, DX, <laughs> the Generation X. Um, and look, look at that. You got you got Triple H there. Let me look. We- China's on this one. Yeah, that's everybody. That's Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Road Dog, China, and X Pac. Good, good, really good, right? The whole gang's there. I just caught. I just caught it. I gotta add that one to my collection. That's that's I DX. Just, you go. You call what? What? It's the I Generation just, X. It's the whole gang. That's <laughs> everybody. I forgot about this story. <laughs> Degenerating to something, fool. It's them. Degenerating to an ass, man. That's what they for sure fucking generate to. <laughs> what happened, right? <laughs> Damn. They almost caught me because there were still five of them. It was like, wait a second. Shawn Michaels, but I don't remember looking like that. Until you look a road dog. (laughs) And he's by himself. That's the funny (laughs) part. If you go from left to right on this shirt, you won't realize it for a few seconds. Because that's, you know how I know? That's exactly what fucking happened to me. I was like, hmm, Xbox? Oh, China's on this one. Triple H, of course. Shawn Michaels wrote up. What the fuck? I mean, I'm going to ask an obvious question here, but do you think that it's because he's an AEW? All I'm saying, man, all, I'm not saying this because he's an AEW, but all I'm saying is Shawn Michaels took that all-in joke really seriously. It's so funny, man, that I've never seen a DX shirt that had Road Dog and not Billy Gunn. I've never seen a scenario in WWE that didn't have Road Dog but not Billy Gunn. Oh no! I you know what I was actually going to bring that up. It I don't think that they give enough credit when when Billy Gunn was out of DX. They don't give X Pac and Road Dog as a tag team enough credit, man. Like I really like those guys yeah, together. They were a team. They were tag team champions multiple times. Multiple. Don't forget that I believe they even entered WrestleMania 2000 as as, as tag team champs. Didn't they? It was against Too Cool. Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, Road Dog and X Pac, man. They had a good run, almost as good as the Outlaws. And they were the ones they they were the ones they used to come out with the Run DMC DX music, you know. Remember, it was Road Dog, X Pac, and Tory. They had a different Tory that wasn't shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> remember, they had like a Tory that Yoga Tory. He was like a Tory who was like a meditative yoga 
power Tory that they had down there. That was good. Yeah, I, I thought that, that wasn't Yeah, I thought that that was a good little team there, you know. So it's like I don't. I'm my least favorite. I guess would have to be Billy Gunn and when I went up with the BX thing, and it wasn't really. It was on. Yes, it was the mic skills. It was the mic skills compiled with him always talking about his ass and wearing thongs. I'll be honest. Like, you know, like it's not, it's not nothing to do with sexuality or gender for me. It's just that a compilation of things. If you would ask me what ingredients don't I like in a specific food and I name them, I'm not prejudiced against those foods. It's just the things that I won't eat. That's how I'm looking at that. Like if I had to pick a least favorite member, it was the guy who was bad on the mic who always talked about his ass while wearing thongs. Is that so terrible? Does that make me a bad person, Dustin? I mean, you might be prejudiced against chaps, but no, no I'm kidding. Uh, that used to bother me. I was like, why is this guy's ass out? Right. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, I, I did like the outlaws. He used to have his ass out a lot. Back and I heard his fucking singles, I'm an ass man music. And I'm like, what? You remember they used to have backstage segments before they went, went to... This goes to show how edgy. I can't even believe it now that I'm thinking about it. Do you remember sometimes the way they do now? When you're about to cut to commercial break, it'll show the person like backstage in their locker room and they'll be like shadow boxing or something like they're getting ready <laughs> yeah. for their match. I don't know if you remember this. We're going to have to go and try to find it, but it exists. There was a time where they were going, they're cutting to commercial. So it cuts to Billy Gunn's room and Janet is shaving his ass. <laughs> Stop. And, and like they're just oh, acting literally. like it's, and I'm not even kidding. It's like you hear them, and he's getting his ass shaved. Go, I swear to God. And, I just, and it's like shit like that bothered me. Like that wasn't that wasn't cool. That wasn't cool, DX. That wasn't glow stick, DX. It's like I don't want to see Billy and get his ass shaved. I hadn't at that point in my life thought about somebody's ass being shaved. It was like what? Someone gets their ass shaved in this world? <laughs> People do that. What if you Google Billy Gun? Sh- I don't even want to. God no. knows what I'll do to my no. algorithm. No. No. Got to go incognito. You know, it's going to be a whole new pair of leaks. I'm not willing to deal with that. No. That's going to be their excuse. They're, he was too edgy as the ass man. All the while, they got Naomi, who's old friend. She used to be asked him out. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say about the Shawn Michaels towel thing. No, Shawn Michaels made it onto this t-shirt. Trust me. No, but at least he jumped up and I was it. Like Billy Gunn's ass was just permanently out. Like he would walk to the ring backwards, pointing at his ass. Think about that. So, getting back on topic here, yes, this T-shirt is missing Billy Gunn and his ass, but I do like think it's because tonight that I completely forgot what the fuck we were talking about. Can we segue so hard? <laughs> but I do think, <laughs> I do think that uh, this is because he's in AEW. Of course it is. But I think that I actually do want this shirt just because that makes it even better. Like this is so out of place. It's a DX shirt missing one of the key members. You could take Shawn Michaels out because he wasn't in every version. You could take China out because she wasn't in every version. You could take Stephanie out because she wasn't in every version. Or Tori. You can't take fucking Billy Gunn or Road Dog out, really. Right. They've been in every incarnation of DX. Yeah, you could even count the early one with Rick Rude and China and them just because they were recruiting them at that point. Like that, the, the old DX that was just Triple H, Shawn Michaels, China with Rick Root on the side, that's literally the ones, if you guys recall, that pulled the Road Dog and Billy Gunn to the side in the locker room and made them mean. Like they pushed them up against the wall and were like, you guys got to be tough, dude, the WWF here. And that's when they started being shitty and they shaved Hawk's head. I think it was Hawk Animal's head and they, and they became nasty. That was how they did it. So I even count them in that first one that didn't really have them there, but they were like still, still sort of friends of DX. They were like the Rocky Adam and Aisha of DX. <laughs> So, you know, you know what would have been great if they really wanted to snub Billy Gunn? They could have also put Tori in this photo. <laughs> right. 
Because then people are sitting there going, Tori was in DX? It's like we put Tori, put Stephanie, put and Mike Tyson. And in the middle Tyson. of realizing Tori was in DX, they're like, wait a minute, but where's Billy Gunn? Oh. We put Mike Tyson, we put Hornswoggle. Put Kali, put the Boogeyman. Kane. <laughs> you know what's funny? I'm literally trying to think of everybody who interrupted them like 70 times right in one second on Raw. Oh, fuck man, it, that's fuck, so fuck, funny. fuck it. Sandow got super kicked. Put him in too. That's true. Good, 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 good old Sandow. But yep, Billy Gunn was snubbed. Rough times, Billy. Right. All right. Well, let's move on. What else have we got going on here that'll pique some interest? Aha. We got more AEW news. It's your favorite. Actually, no, I'm ah. kidding. I'm just kidding. No, we got WWE. So Vince McMahon is being reported. Vince McMahon is aware that WWE has become stale. It's no secret to him. And that, and I, I told you guys this before. Apparently, what what he's planning on doing is they're saving all the good stuff for when the live crowds come back. I felt they were coasting this whole time. Like it literally, just felt like it was like whatever. They they're not going to waste their pops right now. They wanted to be live tickets. It 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 almost felt too bad to not be on purpose. You know what I mean? It's like there's a point where booking is just like bad, and then this just felt like they didn't care. I I really for a while thought that. It's like, look, we're just not going to spend a lot of money, bring a lot of people in, have a lot of cameos, do a lot of cool angles. And the only pop we're going to get is when we press the applause button. You got to keep in mind how outdated that must also make them feel production wise. I don't know if you realize it, but you know that they don't even use laugh tracks and sitcoms anymore. No, they don't. The, the last one to do it was uh, the Big Bang Theory, I believe. It was one of the final sitcoms that used a laugh, a laugh track. That's something that's it's gone. It's gone the way it, it's now we don't do that, you know. So, uh them having those reactions is not as good as they were going to do the real thing. So one of the things is that he's been just saving himself for uh, for when the crowds come back. They probably have a lot of good angles and stuff planned. It's been one of the people that it was also reported from a few podcasts that uh, we're going to be seeing a quality turnaround by the end of the year. So literally by the end of the year, they're planning on having a complete change and that's because the crowds are going to be coming back they've probably stored up you guys probably don't you don't know them. they probably stored up a bunch of plans that they have here you know and uh we're also hearing that fox and uh usa are pitching lots of gimmick shows to wwe similar to when they wanted them to do the 24 7 title that usa suggested it to them We've been hearing that they've been pitching to them hey why don't you guys bring back king of the ring to get ratings why don't you guys bring back cyber sunday and get us some ratings. And they wanted, they're like, we want to have more themed events. We want to have more special programming. We want to have more gimmicky theme shows. This is what these networks are basically saying. They want to have more things going on at all times. Whether or not that's going to be interpreted and translated into something that you enjoy, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that they basically said, this is what we want. So now you could probably, you'll probably get another King of the Ring because King of the Ring used to be a pay-per-view and then it went on to become like a once a year Raw and then it just disappeared. Sometimes which is not once every like couple of years. Like. Which it's not supposed to do. And I don't agree with that. Because when you really look at it, some of the most important people in our business have gotten their push from the fucking King of the Ring, including Stone Cold Steve Austin himself. Getting the crown and Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass after beating Jake the Snake at the finals. That's a big deal. King of the Ring has put people over, aside from Billy Gunn. That was the one person who he got it and then been ro- rocked at that thing. Where Rock he called him. former King of the Ring. <laughs> Yeah, Brock too. You know, lots of King of the Ring. King of the Ring always works. Shame, Sheamus. Worked good for Sheamus. It, it gets okay. people over, man. Believe it or not, you wouldn't think that it's as good as it is. But when you look back at King of the Ring, most of the time you come out of that shit better than you go in. It's not like the Andre the Giant thing. 
So the fact that they just decided one day that it's not a thing anymore, it did hurt a, a lot. And uh, so this is something that they might correct. You know, I would like the King of the Ring tournament back. King of the Ring is yeah, where I mean, really good storylines have happened. Remember the deadly game King of the Ring thing that happened, you know? Oh, yeah. Had all kinds of crazy shit. But yeah, uh, they basically have also started rehiring people. They said that uh, John D'Amico, who was let go September 20th, he's now back with the company's director of production management for live events. So they're starting to make those changes too. And also, uh, Jason Robinson spoke to Below the Line, uh, and he's the production designer for WWE. He's the lead production designer. And he's quoted as saying that we're headed out on the road come July 16th. We're coming out in Houston, Texas on SmackDown. Then we're headed right into our pay-per-view, Money in the Bank, which is one of our favorite pay-per-views of the year. Lots of ladders with a briefcase hanging over the ring. So we have two Money in the Bank briefcases and on to Dallas, and then we're not looking back. We're headed forward. So we're looking at new sets, new staging that we're building. My next phone calls to the graphics department, talking about augmented reality and how AR is going to interface with our set and how we're going to make some really cool graphics for set entrances as our superstars enter. So they're planning on changing all of the stuff that you see, the house shows, the regular shows, the weeklies. All of that's already being redone so that when they do hit the road by next month, it's just going to all be a completely different vibe to it, you know? And then also PW insiders reporting that a lot of people are talking about Alistair Black, the way they're talking about Samoa Joe, where they're like, you know what? Well, we fucked up here too. This guy needs to come back and they're trying to get him, you know, they're talking to executives and stuff. And they're saying that Alistair Black's release was a premature decision. So there's rumors that they may get him. So again, right now I have a feeling they're going to be really vicious when this whole thing's over. And, uh, they're probably the winning team is probably going to be them at the end of the day because they're going to be really determined about this thing. Something that's been coming up, according to Boston Open Radio, is that uh, who were they talking to here? They were talking to Court Bauer, and he was talking about WWE and uh, when they're told that a superstar is no longer getting pushed. And he was like, there's stuff that you don't really know about. Like, yeah, you can try to push that guy, and we have no idea what's happened. We don't know if there's a contract issue. We don't know if the guy has heat for some random reason. We're just told he's on the do not disturb list. You know, and he said the creative has nothing for you. It's just an excuse. He said it's always, it's always back to, oh, creative has nothing for you. No, creative has something for someone. It may not be the best idea. It may, it may, it might be a horrible idea, and you wish that they that they didn't have something for you, but that was an excuse built out of talent relation, out of talent relations to pass the heat, especially when firing someone. Instead of saying, "Hey, man, you're a pain in the ass, and we can't do payroll with you on it at the at the moment, whatever the issue is," but creative having nothing for you. Imagine if you said that to Vince. What would Vince say? Okay, is the wrestler gone? Or you gone? Because it's your obligation to have creative. Do you think Vince is just going to shrug that off and say, yeah, yeah, okay, it's understandable. Why would you, why would you have creative for, for, for the guy? I'm, I'm only paying you to do that. That never made sense to me. And this guy makes a good point. Again, Court Bauer, he's a credible source. As someone who's spoken to Conan in the past, Court Bauer is a, a good friend of him. And, uh, you know, these guys don't bullshit when it comes to this kind of stuff. And that is yeah, a valid point. Vince saying create can Vince wouldn't it's weird that we've overlooked that can you imagine being a writer as fast as they fire can you imagine being a writer look I, I, I just couldn't Vince liked this guy but I just I'm sorry Vince I just fucking couldn't think of nothing 
<laughs> and then being like, well, all right, man. All right. Just put his arm over his shoulder. All right. Well, better luck next time. There's no yeah, way. That's a good point. There's no way they would keep you because they don't take no for an answer. So I believe him. There's no such thing as creative having nothing for you. When you're a big enough pain in the ass, they tell them. I didn't even know that there's a do not disturb list. Think about that. That means that if you fuck with somebody or they don't like something you did, they'll slip that to the writers and be like, yo, this guy's in the do not disturb. And then you're not allowed to say anything. So when the guy comes in and then think about how many stories you've heard about people being like, I don't know, one minute they were pushing me and then the next minute the angle was over. And it would be weird because when you think about it, even writers who become bad writers always are going somewhere. Look at the Game of Thrones series. It had a shitty ending. It didn't just have no ending. They didn't just decide, oh, well. But it still made it to the ending. Right. A writer always has something. Whether you like it or not, there's a direction that they're going in. They're not going to just not. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that that's what happens. Creative has nothing for them. All lies. So this is their way of giving the writers. They deflect the heat to the writers when it's really that the actual corporation wants to fire your ass. It's the equivocal to when you work for a job that's hourly pay instead of salary, which is why they always tell people that as soon as you're old enough and smart enough, get out of retail. Never stay in retail and try to climb a retail ladder. That's stupid shit. But the, the, this is the reason why they tell people who don't work for salaries and that are in retail. You can always tell when someone doesn't like you because their way of taking away your push is they'll cut your hours. And they'll just smile in your face when they do it. They'll be like, yeah, we don't need you as much. And it won't make any sense. It'll be like, hmm, I had 40 hours this week and I have 10 hours this week. At some point, that person did something that pissed somebody off. But from a managerial position, they don't want to get into human resources shit and have a conflict with this person. The easiest way to get rid of somebody without firing them is to make them fire themselves. They teach you that in management. And the way you make somebody fire themselves is by fucking with their money. How do you fuck with somebody's money? You're allowed to give somebody this part-time and allotted amount of 10 hours. You can just give them 10 hours. I've seen it done. They're not going to be able to survive over that. That's one day worth of work and then two hours of the next day. They have very few options now. They can stay there. Odds are they're going to go look for other work. And sure, there's a chance that they're going to be able to keep that first job. But odds are more likely that the other place will hire them full time and they'll leave here and you didn't have to do anything but cut their hours. You know, they could cut your hours and then tell you that the only thing that they have is midnight. All right, we only got overnight now. So this is the way that they do it in a regular world. Now you take that and go to WWE. That's their version of creative has nothing for you. They don't, they cut your hours. In this case, cut your push. And if you really don't care about what's happening during the pandemic era, then why not use some of these guys to entertain yourselves? And I tried to tell people that and they didn't believe me. There were people who genuinely believed that they were putting Lana through a table 10 times because this was going to be an underdog story about her up and coming push. What fucking underdog story have you ever seen that started like that? The closest I could think of, have you ever seen, you ever seen the animated series Street Fighter V by any chance? Yeah. And Ryu and Ken go to fight Gaio and they get fucked up really bad. Then they, they, then they both wind up in the emergency room. <laughs> it's like, this is, is that the kind of push we're giving Lana here? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me how we have a fucking a thing where she goes through the table. I kept saying, what if they don't really care because we're in a pandemic and they're just happy that we got fucking wrestling and they're just like whatever just put lana through a table 10 times because we can her husband left he's an AEW. now we're just gonna plant her through the table 10 times and if you think that my theory is a little bit too tin tin foil for you then you guys gotta ask yourself did that angle actually go anywhere and i'm not talking about the tag teaming and her improving i'm saying that the part where she go through the table 10 times correlate to anything else before or after it 
like with the Cesaro swing that came full circle where you're like, oh, look at that at all. Like, was there a part where you saw the table thing and you felt like it was a callback that was worth the payoff of the 10 tables? Because if no, then I'm sticking by my guns that they were just fucking putting her through tables. <laughs> we now have proof that this is how creative works, my friends. There is a do not disturb list. And if I'm to believe that there is a do not disturb list that they slip the writers when you get heat, there has to be a fuck with them list. Would that be so hard to believe that there's a list uh, under the table? That is perfectly believable. There's a fuck with them list. You're, yeah, you got the do not disturb list if you're lucky. If you piss somebody off enough, you get the lawn list. You get 10 tables and they won't release you. So I kind of feel like there's multiple lists here and that the Corbauer guy, he's right. He, he's writing, but if they ever slip you a paper, they probably have different poster colors. It's a red one for somebody who they're going to fuck with, like a blue one to leave you on the side. <laughs> you know, like, oh, no, they slipped one. They slipped Lana a red poster. Dun. Shit. Now the writers just got to torture her. That's what happened to Lita. When they knew Lita was on her way out the door, they slipped that red poster there with Lita's name on it. They see that. And next thing you know it, fucking I'm crime time ste- stealing her dildos. <laughs> you knew where I was going with it, right? I knew exactly where we're going. So, Court Bauer, thank you. You just exposed their asses because now we know for sure that there is list that people go on. It's not just creative. So, uh, as you know, this guy has resulted in so many people either being released or de-pushed in the worst I would almost call it like the WWE apocalypse in the way that it's been like the past six months. So what's happening now, according to Fightful Select, is that a lot of these guys are asking to forego the 90-day non-compete clause. I don't really know if a company that does this kind of stuff is going to do that. I'm not saying that they won't, but I'm just saying that that is like very generous. And on top of everything else that happens, I don't really know if I would even want to be in that situation with them. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that if Lana calls up and is like, hey, guys, I really want out of this non-compete clause so that I could go to Dynamite tomorrow? They're going to be like, yeah, all right. Well, you know, you you were always cool. Hell no. But we're hearing a lot of people are. And I guess this is because of the fact that uh, they're saying that WWE has been, quote unquote, receptive to this because Johnny Laurinaitis is the person who you would contact for this. So apparently he is receptive. We don't know if they'll get paid for that. But that's the guy that you go to, and he's the one who's going to say, sure, you could do it, or no, you can't, or whatever. I don't know how this is going to go, but that's the guy who's in charge of that. Andrade showed up, and he still had his 90-day compete clause. Well, I mean, he not really 90. He was still within 90 days, but apparently he didn't have a, a compete clause. He had a non-compete clause. There might be some that have it and some that don't. But from what we're hearing, some people are, it's not like some people are going to them and being like, hey, can I have out of my 90-day compete clause? It's more like there are situations where people are going, hey, um, I'd really like to get out of this at like day 84. Or, hey, I'd really like to get out of this at day 89. I'm hearing like that's more what's happening. Not that they just want out of it now, but they're like, it's, it's shit like, hey, my, my clause ends September 17th. I was kind of helping you guys would let it be like Sunday, September 19th. Like, I'm just giving you a number. You know what I mean? Like, maybe there's a pay-per-view or something coming up. Maybe it's Double or Nothing or one of those events or New Japan. They might have an offer somewhere, and they're going to miss it by a couple of days. And these are the adjustments that they're trying to make within WWE. Yeah, literally, like, hey, just, like, shave like a few days off. I don't know if they'll do it, though, whether it's a few days or not, you know? Right, because, I mean, it's still them going somewhere else and performing yeah exactly so i i'm like i said i'm not really sure if that's something that they're going to want to do um people are pushing for for obvious reasons 
but you know how they are. And also, you got to remember that when it comes to uh, Melsa pointed this out during Wrestling Observer Radio, he said that a lot of the guys that they have cut over the years have been offered new contracts for far less money and very few of them go back. So that's, again, maybe they'll give the same money. But if they don't, it's kind of hard. Everyone is different and everyone has wants. Uh, and then when it comes to Andrade, obviously he's got unofficially because you're not you're not allowed to... Uh, oh, I'm sorry, with Alistair, you're not allowed to negotiate at all. But he certainly heard at one point not many days ago to expect him in AEW. Of- officially, there's no deal and there can't be a deal until the end of August before... He can go, we'll see. And WWE has exclusive rights to negotiate with him right now as far as legally goes. So that's the thing. Within those 90-day compete clause, the way it works is you are only allowed to negotiate a contract within those 90 days with WWE. Like, that's what their contract does. It's like you're you're benched for 90 days, and if you're going to talk to anybody about wrestling again and about having a contract within those 90 days, then it has to be them. You can't like go to New Japan during those 90 days and start talking about what you're going to be doing afterwards. You know, you can't go to AEW and be like, hey, in 90 days, I'm going to be free. Do you guys want to do something with me? That's against the law. You wait the 90 days and then you make your phone calls. Now, that being said, the reason Melsa worded it like this unofficially is because obviously nobody's waiting those fucking 90 days. It would be almost scientifically impossible. How could you? Do you got people who are brothers, uncles, cousins, husbands, wives, sons, all in different fucking companies? It's almost, it's, and, and first of all, how would you know? What are you going to do? Stop everybody? It's almost like when there were certain countries that were telling you how many people you could have in your house during COVID. What the fuck are they going to knock on your door and like demand to come in and see who's in your house? Oh, you got more than three people here. It's like there's certain things that, yeah, it's a law, but how are you going to enforce that? You got, like, do you really believe that Andrade or any of these other guys, do you think that Alistair Black didn't talk to any of his friends that are in AEW? You know what I mean? So, yeah, I guess legally they can't print some shit. They can't go on Microsoft Word and print some shit and then have him sign it. But I'm sure they're all talking to people. So off the record. And then a lot of the time these guys will show up on day 91 of that compete clause. You think that they did that overnight? You know, so no, they had that ready. Yeah. So right now what's happening is that they're saying that, that, that you might get Alistair Black back because there's exclusive rights when it comes to him and Zelina Vega. But then on the other hand, it, that doesn't mean anything. Because they could both be like, no, I don't want to come back. We're good. We're just going to not do anything. And the truth is that they have something else that's going on, you know? So the exclusive rights part of the contract that people are talking about where you can negotiate, but you can't, you can, you know? And even if you can't, it's, it's like there would be a fine line between that. There's a difference between an actual negotiation and a casual conversation about what you're going to do with your life in the future. And I mean, that would be a lot of stuff, red tape for a judge to have to go through. If Alistair Black's sitting down in Tony Khan's backyard... And he's just like, where do you see yourself in a few years? Is that the same as a negotiation, <laughs> you know? I mean, at the end of the day, didn't Jericho tell that story about how he showed up at Vince McMahon's house when he was still in Nitro? Yeah. It was, he didn't technically break the law, though. He was there. That's how you do it, though. You see what I mean? Like, we know how it will work. It was not like these guys are off limits. You know, like, if only there was some way for them to communicate to each other. I know. What if they use the dirt sheets? Like, we can spread messages. We can pass messages for them. <laughs> <sighs> what else do we got here before we get into any consistent do we have anything else in regards to wwe improvements i know we spent a lot of time on them but i mean we have to they're wwe oh another thing that was pitched so this you know the way nbc and abc have been pitching things to them so they pitched something to nbc they oh, basically God. according to fightful um oh no nbc pitched this to them thank god so nbc said the wwe should have a point month 
and it would have them keep score to determine who the winner of the month is based on points. And the system would include match wins, signature moves, and other things. One time we were going to do a fantasy wrestling league, the same way we were going to do a fantasy football league. You know the way those work? And that's exactly how it was going to work for Talk Brunch. We were going to do, we never did it, but it was going to be a thing like finishers, like whoever, if your superstar gets finishers, reversal, certain thing, and that's how you would get points. It's almost like they sounded like they want to do fantasy wrestling, but did, but like in real time, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that could be uh, that could be interesting. I don't know. We don't know if it'll happen, and I don't know how you guys feel about that point system for if you hit a finisher or whatever. No? You don't think that'll help them? Yeah, I I can't see it. Yeah, because I hardly give a shit about fantasy football, so it's like it'll be harder with people. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like for me, it's like I'm trying to. It's like no, no, can't happen. Right. Another story that came up with AEW is apparently people have been pointing out or sort of they've been follow shaming them. I don't know if you guys have ever been follow shamed before, but they follow shamed them. Somebody noticed that AEW's official account is following Brazzers. And they were like, oh, it's kind of like, okay, so what? Can they not? Maybe somebody, maybe they have porn star friends. Right. You know? Like so many old motherfuckers out there got fucking XX, XN, XX, X hamster, fucking exit. Y'all got so many X's fucking you. You know, Brazzers also, Brazzers also follows Kane Velasquez and Natalia. So what? Say something. Say something. Go ahead. I think that oh, people people that are following Brazzers and people that are and, and people that Brazzers are following and I think they all probably have sex in common. You know, so it's not that weird. Sadly I can't write everybody foxes the title, but I mean Yeah, no, we don't want to do that. I would I would like it though, but we won't be able to do it. Yeah, but it's just unbelievable. See, those are the kind of fans that I hate. Like they don't they don't actually watch AEW, they just watch WWE and have always watched WWE. So anytime AEW does anything, oh, they're following Brazzers. Okay, what's your point? So uh, Mondays, oh, Mondays are always a pain going through the fucking dirt sheets. I swear. Another thing that's been coming out of the dirt sheets is people have been speculating on this photo, Nikki Bella, on this saying she's she's uh, is this Nikki? Is this, no, it's Brie. I'm sorry, so Brie Bella is saying she's pregnant again. People have been bothering her on social media saying that uh, she has a baby bump again or something. I don't know. And uh, obviously, this caused her to respond. So before the rumor gets out of control, and it's probably too late since it's 2 in the morning, she quoted saying, not pregnant, just PMSing in the folder for all who are wondering. I'm the type of woman who retains 5 to 7 pounds of water each month. Sucks, but that's life. Plus, after two C-sections, it's usually obvious when I've what I've consumed in a day. But I have two amazing babies, so I'll take the extra weight and fluctuations. Thank you. So anyway, before before everybody doesn't think whatever, I don't know what happened or how it happened. But no, nothing happened. <laughs> it's like, did you hear that one too? And why does it fucking matter? But did you hear that one too? I don't know if it matters. I just think that they thought that she was pregnant. Fucking uh, uh. See, I see that picture in my head. I'm like, okay, the six pack's starting to come back. I didn't even think water weight. <sighs> I don't even know. I mean, can you retain water? That's amazing. Yeah, it's a thing. Okay, well then, there you go. Everybody needs to stop thinking she can have a bunch of kids. I know there's a bunch. Uh, freaking Renee Young gave birth, right? Somebody, I feel like somebody else had a kid over over the uh, 
for the past week. It was Renee Young yeah. and somebody else. Renee Young had, yeah, Moxie and Renee Young had their kid. I know oh, um, Mustafa Ali's wife is pregnant once again. Kofi Kingston's wife is pregnant once again. But I feel like somebody else also gave birth. I'm trying to remember who. I don't know. Too much of that shit going around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just a little bit too much. Um, There was an engagement, though. I don't know if you care about that. I did hear about this. Okay. Well, yes. Engagement couple. Jessica Havoc and Sammy Callahan. Engaged to be married. There's the ring. There's the picture. Yay. Congratulations. I didn't even know they were together. Yeah, they've been together for a long time, actually. I think like eight or nine years. Wow. Yeah, they got time, man. From what I heard, I believe it was, because um, I also follow Havoc on Twitch, I believe it was like right after one of her streams. She turned around and bam, Sammy's on one knee. Her tweet says, so I just ended a live stream of the Mothman statue at the Mothman Museum just to have Sammy on one knee when I turn around. I almost couldn't believe it. I'm so overwhelmed with happiness. I didn't know how to react. So I started crying. Tears of joy. I didn't know what to say. P.S. I said yes. There you go. Oh, yeah. King Quest saying it was uh, Brandy and Cody. <laughs> how could I how could he had to? Wow. Oh wow, my god, I just saw dude, he messed, I just read he messed the whole up my whole, he messed up my whole shit. I don't even remember where I was in the program. <laughs> he worded that shit. He said it was Bradley and Cody had their white and black baby in Cody's <laughs> voice. <laughs> you ain't shit. You, you ain't shit. He's right. That was the other baby. Yeah. So Moxley and Renee and then Bradley and Cody had their babies. And Kofi's wife is pregnant again. And Mustafa Ali's wife is pregnant again. I feel like I'm missing a pregnancy, too, though. I think that's it. I don't think it is, man. See, that's what I meant. This is why it took me so long. I'm, I'm, I, wasn't oh. just, I wasn't just shooting when I said that. Like, it was hard to put this. There was a lot of shit all over to th- this week's news. I'm a horrible news person. The thing that makes me feel bad is that I actually saw the sonogram picture. Oh. Hey, what's up, Tunes 2? I'm not sure who Tunes 2 is, but what's up? I just actually got to my... That's how many chat rooms we have open that I wasn't, I wasn't seeing at first. Yes, Stasis. Uh, Sarah had hers a while ago. And I think that Sarah Lee girl is pregnant again, right? I believe so. I think so. like about a month ago. I don't know if I reported that she was pregnant again, did I? No, we didn't talk about it. Okay. Yeah, it, no, it, it'll see. hit us eventually or King Quest will remind us. Yeah, because I don't, I don't really remember right now. Doesn't matter. So Fuck it. Who cares? Who cares? It's just I'm not going to sit here and worry about that. That's like complete. No one cares. That's the least relevant story out of all of the ones that we have going on here. Yeah, no. All right, let's look through for some other stuff. Okay, we got something here. Uh, wow, is this real? So the news, did you hear about the Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins trailer? The what? So apparently Mojo Riley is in the new G.I. Joe movie? Who? Oh, wait, Duncan. <laughs> is this going to be one of those things where we watch the whole trailer and he's just like a like in the background? Why do I feel like it is? It's Mojo. His whole career has been in the background. <laughs> Tell me I'm lying. Don't I'll say wait. that. Don't say that, please. Last week when we shared out him and Braun showering together, he liked our tweets. Really? <laughs> he did. So please be good. Remember we got Hogan to like our tweets back when before they oh, were the Viking Raiders? Back when they were the game, back when they were the War Raiders, they would like our shit too. Oh my god. Mojo, I'm just joking with you. It's all fucking <laughs> I was like, who is this that liked of him showering? I look I clicked it. It's like it's a verified account. I was like, oh shit. It's fucking Mojo. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Other podcasters and fucking other people out there can say whatever the fuck they want us. We, we got Hogan, 
the fucking Raiders, one of the Whisperers, fucking Maya Lesnar, and now Mojo Rawley like that shit. Fuck you. Oh, <laughs> my favorite oh, one with Maya like the shit because we got scared that day. It was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Let's see what the hell this is. Wait, is that him? <laughs> oh shit, he's actually fighting in the movie. Also, he's the guy that loses in the beginning fight. He's 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 bone saw. My trouble? Someone is. This man betrayed our trust. Remember the Spider-Man origin story? That motherfucker's bone saw. He's fighting the human spider. Oh. Oh, it's spider. So this is the origin of Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. We are going home. I don't have a home. Not yours. Mine. I can't change your past. But I can offer you a purpose. For 600 years, our ninja have brought peace to the world. I believe in you. Alright, what do I have to do? I gotta get in my zone now! The three challenges of the warrior. I'm on a new level! The three challenges in the what now? If you survive, you will gain access to our knowledge and our power. Ooh. Oh, wow. Cobra is coming. What's Cobra? A shadow organization devoted to global revolution. Baroness, yeah. I've been following you for some time. Do I know you? I know you, Snake Eyes. Join us. This... Wow. Yeah, that doesn't look bad. Yeah, that looks good. I mean, who doesn't like Snake Eyes, right? Very little mojo, just like I thought, but at least he has a good fighting scene, you know? Right. Look like a badass for a little bit we saw him in it's like that time that Edge was in Highlander Endgame. <laughs> and it was supposed to look good, and it was just some comedic stuff. <sighs> so ACH has retired from pro wrestling. Oh, no more Jordan Lyles. Again? Didn't he retire oh, before? Fuck there's, another, there's another retirement, right? Maybe. That was a good segue, too. I told you guys he was my buddy on Xbox Live. His name is ACH Cobra Kai. Only difference is one of them, one of the two still exists. Oh damn, dude! I had the T-shirt. Now you're tired. He retweets our stuff. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I have on my fucking Xbox Live though. Like, come on, very very someone else. Hey man, after that Jordan Miles shit, he been on my shit list forever. So I'm just reading it here. Let's see what we got. This is no need for dramatic or emotional wordplay. As of today, I will officially step away from professional wrestling. Thank you all for the support and love. 
So we don't know what the reason is. Probably because Lashley's champion now, so he can't see WWE on like black people anymore. Remember, you remember when Ring of Honor had a? Uh, they only had four black guys. <laughs> I remember it was him, Caprice Ty- Colbert, Cedric Ty- Alexander, and Jay Lethal. Right? No, it was him. Actually, five. I never count Jay Lethal. I don't know why. I guess because I. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's like, it's kind of weird. You know why? I guess because at the time that I'm thinking of, um, Jay Lethal had still not come over from Impact. Because for a while he was at Impact before he came back to Ring of Honor. But at the time, and I'm not counting Prince Lana because he's a manager. It was uh, Jay Lethal, Tidarius Thomas, uh, Caprice Coleman, and Cedric Alexander. And it really always felt like out of the four, ACH was going to be the guy you didn't have to worry about. And it felt like Cedric Alexander was the guy you'd have to worry about the most. And that's the guy who actually made it all the way to Raw right. when you really look at it. And he was really good. If you go back and look at uh, Cedric, he's in better shape than he was in Ring of Honor. He's more athletic. Well, he he in, pushed he himself forward. harder. He was in great shape when he came over. And he's the one that out of everyone, I think, had the least amount of charisma and notoriety in Ring of Honor because ACH was over. You know, and then Tidarius Thomas as well, and Caprice Coleman, you know. Oh. It's but now he's to show you, man. probably the best out of all of them. Yeah, and ACH, unfortunately, which I think if he would have kept his shit on right, he he would have made it to Raw, I think. Right, not based on a fucking t-shirt. Like, after they changed the fucking t-shirt. Yeah, I, I think that there was some other shit going on in his life that you're going to hear about in the future. Just personal shit. Like, I hope so, because fuck's sakes. That to me would make more sense than anything else. Give me a sec here. I'm still trying. I can't believe I never pulled all the chat rooms up for me to physically look at. This is the reason why I'm, uh, this is one of the main reasons why I, I ordered a new rig. I was like, you know what we need? We need a new rig. Anyway, any more thoughts on ACH before we move on? I mean, bye. Wow. You know, I ain't been able to stand his ass since that's like a Jordan Miles shit. Like, you know what it was that did for me? It was the moment he tried to call Jay Lethal Uncle Tom, and I'm like, why, bitch? Because he succeeded? Fuck. <laughs> That shit was so out of left field, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, you just swinging on black people for no reason? Like, it's... Yeah, it's silly. Because, like, I know people in my personal life that just swing wild like that, and it's like, yo, I'm going to need you to have some rhyme or reason before you come for somebody like that. Okay, so what is this we have here? There's somebody who is going to be coming into wrestling that's, like, believe this is a second generation, and this is uh, Katie Hebner. Oh, I did hear about this. <laughs> Okay, let's. What the fuck? I guess that's her music. I was so confused what was happening. I got it on screen. I'm going to turn it down so we don't mess anybody's ears up here. But yeah, I guess this is her lacing up her boots and getting ready to go to work. She she tweeted out. Uh, apparently, she was trained by Cody Rhodes. Uh, and she said, last night I returned to the ring after about a year and a half thanks to COVID. Not only that, but I got an amazing opportunity to train on the Cody Rhodes, who first and foremost is a wrestler, most importantly, the VIP of AEW. I'm going to get her thing back on the screen in a minute. I just want to put her up so we can see her. I've never really gotten a good look at her. Interesting. Uh, VP of AEW, the company that I have my eyes set on. This is a new and refreshing experience. It cuts out all the other middlemen stuff and the other promotions have and allows me to be in front of the right people if I play my cards right. So here's to making something happen. Let's go. Last night I returned to the ring. Okay, so I guess that's the same thing. And she put this is new and refreshing. So what are your thoughts? I never heard of her. 
Yeah, I didn't even know Earl had a daughter, but I mean, hey, good luck to her. She got I mean the fact of having that last name Hebner. It had that last name has some stats behind it. So, girls like her OG when it comes to uh, when it comes to referees. So, what nationality yeah, is she? Like, what nationality is she in that picture? She de- yeah, you can see. Yeah, she's definitely Asian. I don't know if she's. She is Asian. right. I didn't want to say it, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. Okay, Earl, I'll see you. I'll see. No, let me stop talking. <laughs> That's what I was. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> you know I don't give a fuck. So you, <laughs> like all the things crossing my mind. <laughs> That's everything. That's pretty much it. Good. I didn't have to say anything. I figured it out. Yeah, That's why I'm here because the shit he thinks I'll say it. I was th- everything. I was all the things I was concerned with. I give no fuck about heat. I don't give a shit. Like, right? All I right. Say, y'all bitches can't cancel me. Earl brought back a wife, huh? Been hanging out with Carlitos. Yeah. <laughs> Good man. Yeah, no, I, I, I was just looking at it, you know. Like, I, I'm, I have nothing against sexual orientations, but I'm just going to just say that I am a heterosexual man. And I just looked at it and I thought, I don't remember Earl Hebner being that beautiful. Like, <laughs> something's. Re- <laughs> of all the things you can he might be a, he might be a handsome gentleman, but I don't remember. <laughs> Like it was just like no that. Was a bad bitch. Like what the hell? Like that's that was just kind of like Earl's not Asian, is he? I guess Earl don't put his face on when he come on TV. <laughs> good job, Earl, man. Make the world a better place. And if she turns out to be a good wrestler, look at that. But good luck to her, though. Yeah, yeah really. So you know, seriously, it's good luck. I was surprised the shit on me when I saw her. I was like, yeah, so having this kid, it's tough. Oh yeah. All right. Anything else worth? going into before we jump because we still have more news but i'm just looking at the main news because we have a side news thing here oh don Callis had a segment on impact here where apparently they because at one point he got rid of sammy callahan in the storyline right and this was actually yeah, corrected was here main event anniversary, so he basically put that in jeopardy okay and this is how that storyline culminated for anybody that was curious here first of all Sammy Callahan is not fired. Sammy Callahan mm. has been reinstated. By, by who? By who? By who? By me. The board has brought me to give that information as well as something else. Well, there else. goes the sheriff price. Something yeah. Else. And something else. And that's What's a, something else, Tommy? That something else is that someone else needs to be fired. Because when the two of you started this thing, you called me up and I dropped everything because you said you were going to change impact. You yeah, said we did. And you said you were going to care about the men and women in the back. You were going to change perception. And yes, you did. But guess what? And I do care about everybody back there. And we did change it. And this is the hardest decision and thing I've ever had to do. But personal relationships and personal friendships have been put in front of Impact Wrestling business. He's a good guy. He can't help that. Guys. This is sick. You'll be all right. What is that saying? You can't see the forest before you see the trees? You're really going to do this? Scott, you have to understand, this place was great, but when you put personal goals and personal friendships in front of business, things need to change. Yes, I told Anthem, yes, I told the board, and they're going to make a change. And effective immediately, Don Callis, you are fired from Impact Wrestling. You are fired as an EVP. You're fired. fired. They're letting you go. No, 
You're too weak. You're too weak to do what needs to be done. I'm the only one who does what needs to be done around here. And you, you stooged piece of garbage. You Bruce Pritchard stooged. This is sick. This is sick. This who fucking called him a Bruce Pritchard stooge? Watch a big dreamer, the CEO. This is ridiculous. That's awesome. Be fired. Both of you fired. Twenty-five years. I'm fired, huh? I'm fired. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. You and your piece of garbage, professional wrestlers. Oh shit. That's the end. You Bruce Pritchard, fucking. So that's the end of Don Callis and Impact, huh? I just love how I just love the little moment when Don taps him on taps him on the shoulder and goes, "You'll be all right." Because he thought it wasn't going to be him, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's how I know I all this shit and fucking forever. I didn't even know they were friends like that. I didn't even know. I guess how come Tommy Dreamer gets to come here and fire him? Because apparently, from what I've heard loosely, like. There's something where, like, there was some mystery member of the board doing shit, and I guess it's Tommy Dreamer. I don't know why. Your booking went to a strange fucking place somewhere down the road when the mystery board member is Tommy Dreamer that comes to fire Don Callis. <laughs> that guy, guy who threw up on The Undertaker? That Tommy Dreamer? If anybody has a video package that just shows how the fuck this came to be, I'd be interested to just see, because that's some clever writing there. <laughs> it's either clever or unclever, unless they just went poof, board of directors. So what happened? You think Don Callis is legit gone in the Impact Wrestling world? Oh, I don't even know anymore. With this whole crossover thing, there's no way he can be like gone, gone. I prefer him to be. I, 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 I would prefer to watch more of him than anyone else on Impact. To be honest with you, he's more of a compelling, interesting character than most of the wrestlers that they have there. That's like who's really I like old decay? Like who really has an interesting personality on Impact? And there's your answer. No, oh, there are people. I just can't. None Where are coming to mind. Save that answer. You guys can message us later and let us know. I don't have time to think about it. I think Rosemary is the only one that's still like 100% interested in me just because I've always been a fan of hers, but nobody tops Callus, that's for sure. No, no one does. Okay, well, so there's a bit of other news to cover. I'm going to disclaimer warning this next segment prior to going into it. So if you are dealing with the death of loved ones and illnesses or cancer or any of that other stuff and you find those topics triggering, then skip ahead or tune out. There's a lot of sick people in the world of professional wrestling. So I just wanted to go over that and give you guys some updates out of respect for who we have here on this list because there's a lot of stuff going on. So you got Brutus the Barber Beefcake has apparently come into the news recently. And... uh. His blood pressure was on 170 over 10. He had shortness of breath and headaches. Um, and he just has some health-related issues right now. We don't really have too much more information. So just be, just send out positive energy to him. I don't know if anything else has come up. This was a few days ago. Uh, yeah. I didn't hear about him having any heart stuff or any issues before this, did you? No, not at all. I didn't hear about anything up until this point. He was only inducted into the Hall of Fame just before the pandemic in the 2019 class. So that kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers, positive energy, all that, all that stuff. Um, next, we have Don West. I don't know if you heard about this one. This one. Oh, I heard about this one. Don West from Impact Wrestling. 
Uh, where did he post this? Let's have a look at what this is here. This was on the News Radio 560 KPQ website. He says, hello, everybody. Don West here to tell you all about how disappointed I am not to be talking about the Seattle Seahawks, the Mariners, the Wenatchee Wild. I don't know. I'm not a sports guy. So I know. And everything else and that we love to talk about every day on the Don West Show. Many of you have wondered where I have been and why the show was on a hiatus. So I want to share this news directly with you. I've been diagnosed with a brain lymphoma and will begin treatment immediately. I want to thank my wife, Terry, for her love and support my family, and everyone that works at Cherry Creek Media and KPQ. I also want to thank Don West's shows, incredible sponsors, and my friends for all the prayers that are coming my way. I am praying for chemotherapy, that the chemotherapy will help me heal fast, and hopefully it'll be back on, I'll be back on the radio soon. I can't wait till this day is over and to be back real again. I love you all, Don West. And then Jared sent out um, a blast when he um, saw Don West. He said prayers. Prayers up for my great friend Don West. Just just come hung up the phone with him. He's in great spirits, ready to take on this challenge. So, yeah, hang in there, Don West, because that's crazy. Which I don't know if you knew about this. Omar said in a recent interview that years ago he had a he had a brain tumor that he didn't know about, and yeah, they had to do two they had to do two brain surgeries on him that if they didn't do he would have been blind. So yeah, that's crazy. I didn't put that in the news. It just, just crossed my mind when we talked about it. To be honest, that's at this point with this show, I really have to spend half the day picking and choosing. That's how much it is. Because the old Moss stuff, I wasn't even. But then I was like, this came up. So, yeah. So, actually, for me, bring me bring Sometimes that one I up, look too. at the news, I'm just like, oh, boy, I wonder how much is this going to hit the cutting room floor. Yeah. I try not to. Because sometimes, some of it I don't want to. But then some of it's like, it, was, it almost seems disrespectful. It's kind of like, yeah, certain things you, you have to. Yeah, but definitely um, well wishes to uh, Don West. Because, I mean, that's a guy. If you know anything about Impact or TNA, whatever you want to call it, you know who the fuck Don West is. Very energetic. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak ill of his work just because you guys know I was never big on just the obnoxious nature. But I do understand that that was the intent and purpose of the way he was portrayed and conveyed over television. Wasn't my flavor, but I nonetheless do uh, respect his contributions to everything that he's done, and never will want anything like that. You know. Yeah, he was. He was. He was meant that. That the over the topness you saw from him, that was by design. So it's yeah. kind of one of those things where it's like if you were into it, it was cool. But if you weren't, it just wasn't your cup of tea. But yeah, well, definitely thoughts and prayers there. Also, I'll get through it. Good God, so much stuff going on. Uh, also, former Chicago Bears and AKA former wrestler Steve Mongo. It's Mongo McMichael also has some physical ailments that are uh, bothering him. They actually have a video with this one. I'm not going to be out in the public anymore. I'm not going to be playing in the, the Chicago 6 anymore. I'm not going to be on the ESPN radio anymore. You're not going to see me out doing appearances. Hell, I can't even sign my name anymore. Uh, and everybody's going to be speculating, where's, where's McMichael? What's wrong with him? Well, I'm here to tell everybody I've been diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. When did you first realize something was wrong? For years, I thought my damaged neck, I've got three ruptured discs in my neck that still need surgery. But initially I thought my, my right arm started going dead. I thought, well, that's coming from the damaged nerves in my neck. So I went to the Mayo Clinic, you know, the shining star hospital uh 
and the, the initial meeting with the neurosurgeon there was going to work on my neck. Uh, raised my arm up and dropped it and looked at me. This might be about something else. So they put me through a battery of tests. We think you got ALS in denial. I went to Rush Hospital, went through their protocol, same diagnosis. You scared? Uh, I would be if I was a younger man. You know, this, this they call it Lou Gehrig's disease. It came on to him while he was still playing baseball. Through this process that you're going through right now, has it made you reflect on all the things, especially um, on, on the football field here in Chicago that you accomplished? I'm, I'm, I'm glad in my life I never held back anything. I went at it full bore and did a lot of things in my life. I'm glad I didn't wait to, you know, get geriatric and going to start filling out a bucket list. Because I knew even if I was healthy, I wasn't going to enjoy that. When you look back on what I went through back in 99 yeah. with my dad and his situation of coming out and telling people. What you know, you were always his rock. That's what happens when he fell into my arms in that time. Yeah. That's what he's telling you when you, he let you announce him to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And you had to be sitting there with him when he came out, didn't you? Yeah. That's what's come flowing back to you, sitting here with me right now. But I think that's why it's... That just, around so full circle. It just made it just helped me. You made you stronger for me, baby. That experience. So thank you, Walter. What do you want to say to all those fans that are out there that love you? I want them to realize this about the Chicago Bears and the McCaskies that own them. They didn't have to stand. You know, they have. I filed for the benefits and stuff from the NFL that they're a part of, but they have stepped up. There, there's a. A wheelchair in there, they paid, just paid for for me. They stepped up. What can we do for you, Steve? I want the Bear fans to be proud of that, of who they are and what they're doing. I mean, that's who you want them to be, right? That's who they are. What can Bears fans do for you? What Bear fans can do for me? Pray. Pray. And help me raise some money to dish out to all these families with ALS victims in it that... When those guys go, that family's bankrupt, man. I don't want that for nobody, including me. That's the greatest thing right now is to sit here and that voice is the yeah. same. And a mind too. You know, would would I trade this ALS diagnosis in for a brain damage diagnosis? And I don't even know who I am anymore. Better off than that, right? You know what? What's best in the human condition, my son? compassion not not warrior not competitor not alpha the compassion in the human being and that you know what's going on in the world today you kind of lose faith in that don't you but everybody that comes into my presence now that i'm in this condition that's the first thing i see on their face man and it reinvigorates your belief in humanity wow that sucks. Yeah, that is unfortunate. Yeah, man. <sighs> well, again, thoughts and prayers. I already shared the GoFundMe to you guys. It's also on our social media. So if you want to help out, there is the link, guys. Send it out. If you don't, even, if you can't afford any money, it doesn't hurt to retweet it. Send it out. That's use your Twitter. That's a good use of Twitter. Instead of all the shit talking, it's just get out there, retweet. That's why I mean we try to get our reach out there with people more than uh just use it to complain about shit. Exactly. Yeah, if people you can't that, donate, pay, share it out. You never know. You might give it to somebody who can. 
Yeah, like anyone that contributed to the uh, to the business overall or anything involving it. Always good to, if you can, help out in any way, even if it's just getting their names out there, do it. If they have a shirt shop set up, even doing something like that, picking something up from there doesn't hurt. Definitely helps. But the GoFundMe is in the links. It's on our social media. Uh, now we also have Mr. Wonderful. I don't even think that this one needs any introduction. Anyone who's ever watched wrestling or is familiar with the 80s or anything. Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful himself. Uh, let's see what the condition is here. He had cancer. He beat cancer back in 2011. Uh, this article doesn't specify uh, what his condition is or what's wrong with him. But apparently it's a video uh, that his son sent in. I'll have to look in this and do a little research here to see if there's actually like a diagnosis of what it is that we're going to be looking for. How you been, Dad? You're, uh, you're, you're, you're. Do you remember me? Yeah. Thank you. What is this? The salt. You want? Yeah. Thank you. Salt and pepper. I love you, Daddy. Yeah, I know. Thank you. You, you know. Do you remember, do you remember wrestling? Uh, Daddy, you're just eating the pepper. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's, he looks, I mean, that, is that just, that might just be age though. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if there's a condition here. That is crazy, man. Let me take a look and see if there's any information in regards to uh, what that is. You know, I mean, he's definitely. Well, the fact that you had to ask him if he remembers him, he remembers wrestling, that could be Alzheimer's. Holy shit. Yeah, they said right. Age is scary. I think it's the scariest thing in the world. It's just that things like that are really reminders of it, you know? Because Paul Orndorff, when you really think about it, I give. When's the last time you've thought about him or seen him? Been forever. They actually put a video here on the sheets along with the story. I think this is actually one of his old classics. Let's see if it's possible if I could get away with pulling this into our system. Because. Just to see him normal again, you know? Like, Jesus. How old is he? Oh, God, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah, that is nuts. You have to wonder, age is scary, but but not to be too pessimistic. You have have to think that some of that is attributed to uh, the wrestling. You know what I mean? And also, maybe, I I don't know what his, what, his usage was i've never followed his career to no. know i mean I, I gotta believe everybody was taking shit you know what i mean yeah i yeah, not he, not, said not, he was 70 71 right now yeah you see what i mean and i'm not judging but i'm just saying that you gotta believe in that era that everybody was taking shit to some extent i don't know if that factored into because we've again everyone's different but we've seen really strong 95 year olds and shit you know what i mean so like yeah. 71 but, I mean, in that definitely condition. the wrestling business just in a whole like that ages you quite a bit to a shocking point right it was like when i was watching the that dark side of the ring with dynamite kid when i saw him near the end of his life and i was like oh my god doesn't even look like the same person yeah that is crazy well let's see what we have here with the uh i could get his old match on the screen yeah some of the good old days i'm thinking about it. i think the last time i heard his name might have been Probably when they put him in the Hall of Fame, I think. Yeah, like I said, which was a couple of years ago. God. Okay, here it is on the screen now. This we could take a quick look. Let's 
can be said about Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff that he didn't already say himself. I'm the greatest wrestler for none. The greatest athlete to ever come out of the state of Florida. When you got a body like this and a face like this, you can do any damn thing you want to do. Orndorff began his career in the late 70s. He grappled with the likes of fellow WWE Hall of Famers, the big cat, Ernie Ladd, and Greg the Hammer Valentine. He was, he was in incredible shape, right? And in 1985, graced the grandest Phenomenal. state of them all. Rowdy, Roddy Piper, and Mr. Wonderful himself, Paul Orndorff. Orndorff is the one to watch. And all four of them are going out at the corner, and we're getting chaos five minutes into the match. After WrestleMania 1, Orndorff and Hogan formed a partnership that quickly turned volatile. Orndorff turned his back on Hogan, and in a clash of super-egos, their tenuous alliance was shattered before 64,000 fans in Toronto. That led to a classic steel cage match on Saturday night's main event. He was the personification of arrogance and excellence, the master of the pile driver, a forerunner to the modern-day superstar. In short, he was simply wonderful. The WWE Hall of Fame is honored to welcome Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. Yeah, so that might be an age thing there with that one. Yeah. Asian combined with uh, the business, though. And now even, like, the outside stuff, just the in-ring punishment you deal with. That alone takes a toll on your body. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, definitely wish him well with that. Hope he's well taken care of. Glad his son's looking out for him. Okay, well, good news is that's it. You don't have to brace yourself or you were worried or you were clenched, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's over. There's nothing else on the list. I looked over to my drink, saw I was empty, and thought, fuck. Yeah, no, that was the last bad one there. The other thing is Tammy Sitch is free. Oh, I don't know why I gave her that music. (laughs) Don't give her the fucking Lion King. You got to give her the right one. No. She released a statement to WrestleZone where she said, To my fans and pro wrestling community, I'm happy to be finished with my sentence and I'm anxious to start the next chapter of my life. I am healthy and happy and feel great. The incident which led to this last incarceration stemmed from some major misunderstandings. However, I accept responsibility and have used this time to make a better me and put my past mistakes behind me. I've now served my sentence for the PA and New Jersey well, Pennsylvania, New Jersey issues and will focus on the future. I'm focused at present on caring for my mother who is in a nursing home and spending time with her. I will take a couple of months from this summer and decide what my next steps are professionally and make decisions about where I'd like to live and work. I want to thank my sister, Lori, and my mom for their wonderful support. I want to thank my fans and friends who have always been supportive of me no matter what. James, for getting me through these last four months. I don't know what I would do without you. I love you. And I thank my legal team, David Seblin in Pennsylvania, John Flynn in New Jersey, and, of course, Stephen P. New, my attorney and friend. So, uh, yeah, she's, um, I mean, I don't, did she type that? No, there's more. Hold on. There's more after that. God gives his toughest battles to his strongest warriors, and I will bounce back better than ever. I am the Terminator. I'll be back. Peace, love, and sunshine, Tamara. Who, who, who wrote that? <laughs> they shouldn't write that fuck off that was written with supreme guidance at best somebody was <laughs> over her shoulder she had the high level version of google spell check for whatever that shit was 
somebody proofread the shit out of that and gave her some conceptual ideas, if you will. She was like, on one condition, I get to leave in the Taminator. Because she was, she was super positive and happy. It didn't sound anything like that nasty racist bitch that we've been hearing in the last 12 months. <laughs> she even brought God into it, who she knows is black. No, damn well he sent your ass a voicemail. You kidding me? Who wrote that? Who did it, Tammy? Well, there is her update. Thank God for Tammy, right? Oh, shout outs to the Taminator. When all else is dark in the world and you feel alone, thank God for Tammy. (laughs) She'll always be there. Next time you need somebody to dom your body. Oh, my God. (sighs) Who are you going to call? Taminator. Hopefully not. So, uh, apparently... There's an account called AEW Botches. There's some guy who just takes AEW Botches and he puts the uh, botches up on the account. I feel kind of bad to have to explain to my community what an account called AEW Botches on Twitter would be doing. If the name in itself didn't just tell you, hmm, this is going to be about AEW Botches. <laughs> now you know that this is an account that makes an effort to then cite botches within the company known as AEW and go over them. Glad that I was able to go over it as the Dirt Sheets was able to do it for me, in case you didn't know. So anyway, what's been happening with this account is that some people, anonymous cultists, have been reported to be offering money to dox him. In case you guys don't know what a dox is, a dox is when enough people in the world hate you that they go on the internet and... uh, uh, What's the best way to describe it? They essentially go on, on your social media platforms... And decide to expose your identity, who you are, who you're married, where you live, who your loved ones are, who they can kill, that kind of shit. That's what a dox is. If you ever heard somebody say about being doxed in today's world, 2021, it is the most efficient weapon of vengeance in society. Stronger than a gun knife or whatever else. You dox somebody who has social media platform and you fuck them up if they care. The ones that don't give a fuck about that kind of stuff. Ah. can't really do too much to them that being said this guy was doxxed and what makes this interesting is when you read his tweets he says quick update a big thanks to everyone who's been supporting this account i had to deactivate it temporarily as one of the cultists figured out my identity and instead of confronting me directly that also be sent harassing messages to my wife apparently the cultists have been offered offering money to dox me coupled with the recent dmca notices from AEW for gifts it's becoming increasingly difficult to post we'll find another way thanks once again Oh, by the way, the guy who's been sending in the copyright infringement notices is on Twitter and retweeting pirated clips of Dynamite through his profile. And then he tags Tony Khan and he says, have some fucking shame. How long will you keep on suppressing those who who point out the promotion's flaws? And then uh, Joey Janela replied to this um, because he put this isn't funny or a game, dude. Um, and then Joey Janela replied, it's funny to me. So um. I guess the implication here is that maybe someone from AEW slipped somebody some money so that they can go and dox this guy's data and continue to prevent him from posting AEW botches, which whether or not is true or not, I have no idea. I'm not going to begin to point fingers or say what's going on here, but I will say that this is like not one of the first times that we've heard of them because somebody had a clip or something on them directly on social media typing to the person like janella of all people it's funny to me no i don't think that it's funny actually to dox anyone and i think that's actually really 
I mean, getting death threats, that's not funny at all. You know what I mean? And I think it's a bitch move. You should dox yourself. That's what I would do. If somebody bothered me enough, I'd dox me. That's how my thinking works. I think that's less of a bitch move. I have a problem with you. Bing, bing. Here I am. <laughs> you know? That's, I, I'll dox myself for you. Not the other way around. You want to expose somebody else so that other haters will do your dirty work for you and possibly do some dumb shit like maybe get a weapon or do something. You know, which is how when you think about it, one of these are who was it recently? Um, I'm forgetting the guy's name. The guy that plays Francis on YouTube. Oh, Boogie. Boogie. And when he got doxxed, right, then the dude show up at his house. And as a result, yeah, he took he took like his, his house and he took like his roommate's gun or some shit and he shot it in the air as a warning for the guy to get the fuck out. And now he's like, he had to turn himself in and, and face criminal charges and shit. And he's going through a court day because of it. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it's a bitch move for you to do that instead of doxing. And that's this is like the new thing, because a bit before it used to be you would try to get somebody raided, you know, and which now that backfires because you can get some serious charges for that. But I mean, honestly, if somebody bothered me enough and they wanted to talk enough shit, I would dox myself. I'd be like, hey, I am right here. Here's my information. If you so feel inclined and fucking frosty enough, I'm not going to do it the other way around. You know, so I think that's a coward's move to do to somebody. And I don't know if AEW is going to. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? So I couldn't see AEW doing it. I could see some fans who are fucking like the blind, blind diehards. I could see them doing it. But I couldn't see AEW itself doing that. And yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, I've seen. Cases because they uh, they come what you were thinking of as a uh, SWAT game when they had like the SWAT team show up at your house. Where I think somebody even died from that once before. Yeah, like, right, yeah, that's shit's nothing to joke about. Yeah, it's like, a stupid thing, crazy shit. You know, if you want to call somebody out, call them out in a, in, a, in a mutual place or some shit. You know, which I I wouldn't recommend. I'm just saying if I was going to go about that, I would sooner do that than I would be like just hey everybody in the world I'm exposing this person for somebody else. You know, especially as a content creator, it's hard enough for content creators out there. To have to worry about that kind of nonsense, you know, where it's kind of like everybody else is a little bit less exposed and, and, and under more protection. They're not seen, heard or any information of them out there. So they do have the balls to try shit like that. And at the end of the day, like, that's what we're doing, really. If it's wrestling fan, I don't know if I feel worse if it's the, if it was AEW or if I feel worse if it was other wrestling fans. That you really would try to do that shit to somebody because so what's next? Does, so now what if we have now in contrast to this? And I'm just theorizing here. So people were doing this that are AEW lovers because they don't want AEW to look bad. Let's just say that would be the reason for those fans. So now what if in retaliation, so what's next? They're going to start going after Matthew then from Botchamania. Like if you got WWE fans who don't want those botches shown, you're going to start just doxing motherfuckers like on the exposed, you know, literally having them have real worldly harm because they put up wrestling botches. Who knows at this point? That's one of the reasons. Fuck. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I keep a lot of my shit private because it's toxic. Going back to the beginning of today's show, it's toxic. Earlier, as we were talking about the community of wrestling and gaming being, that's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's it it sucks that people are that fucking crazy. You know, it is some tragic stuff. You have to like worry about, oh, well, because you have an opinion or you shared a clip or you didn't think you thought that botch sucked or this wrestler's not as good. Let's find you and kill you. Right. So now he's saying he's going to find another way to post because, yeah, on top of that, and it is them, the AEW are going after his specific account when it comes to putting up the botches. That part we know is them. Whether or not they're also the people who are doxing the guy, we don't know. But they are attacking him. 
for the other stuff. So, um, yeah. Like, at what point do you ruin it for people? You know what I mean? Like, where it's, like, literally, like, now it's not even fun anymore. You know? Is that what we do? We just come on here, don't really show clips of anything, don't talk about the product unless we talk about it positively. Just talk about everyone who has cancer and is dying and be very meticulous not to offend any race, gender, or religion and not really talk about anyone who botches or any storylines we don't like. Like, it's just weird now, right? Like, geez. At that point, it's just like you might as well not even do it anymore. Like, just don't do it because if you don't piss somebody off, if they don't go to cancel you, they'll dox you. If they don't go to dox you, they'll swat you. So what's the worst? Like, they, they, they call for you to be canceled. They try to expose your identity or they have to fucking, they, they say you're a kidnapper and have people kick in your door all over a fucking opinion. Jesus. <sighs> anyway, on to greener pastures. You guys pointed out that there was a hand. We didn't talk about it in last night's post show. Apparently there was a fucking hand that creeped out from underneath the ring and it wasn't one of Alexa Bliss's tricks. And it wasn't, and it wasn't the little people's gore from Hornswoggle. I always wonder if that still exists down there. <laughs> you too. Is there still another world of little people under the ring? Every day I see them show up in a different company, I'm like, I wonder if those little people came with them. They're the ones who make sure that the ring's loaded with weapons and stuff. So, here is the uh, the video here. Let's see if we could get a nice good look at what's happening. So, as you can see, we'll do this a couple of times. This is after the big bump. Camera pans down. You see a hand... <laughs> That's hilarious. Let's see if I could get a still a shot of it. There he is. Oh, we caught you. We caught you. You see him right there? <laughs> we caught you. So what do you guys think? I know you probably already know, Destin. What do you guys think happened? Right. I want to hear what everybody else thinks. We're not going to get I a chance it. because they won't, they, they won't be able to type in real time. Fuck. Is, do you think that it's the return of the little people, Jim or whatever, or the court? <laughs> Man, I wish it was. That's the new authority. That's how they handle shit right now. Adam's you know, family. Stays, stays read by fucking body. Adam's there's a new. Club. There's a new Adam's family coming out too by Tim Burton. I think Tim Burton's the perfect choice too, because I like the original Adam's family movie from the '90s with Raul Julia. Those are great. Yeah. So maybe it is, but that's not what's happening here. What's actually happening apparently, and I'm gonna see if we can catch it in the shot. There's probably no way to catch it in the shot. No, they angled that shot so we wouldn't see it. So there's a crash pad down there for when Drew takes the bump so that he can be safely padded. And then the person underneath the ring grabs the crash pad and pulls it under with them. And you were seeing that. They're grabbing away the crash pad so that you can't see that Drew landed safely. And now here you go. Whoop. Coming to clean up the mess. Is there a way back to Gorilla from underneath there? Or do they have to hang on underneath there for the whole pay per view? Yeah, he he. Since since this was the main event, he would have just had to hang under there until the cameras cut. You can't get away with that kind of shit during live events, though, right? Oh no, they could only pull that during the Thunderdome because he would have had to go under the ring in between the co-main and the main event. Makes you wonder how do they get people under the ring between matches when there's live audience there? That's a good question. It must be when it gets really dark, because if you've ever been to an event, sometimes between stuff, when they're showing, like, the commercials on the big screens on the top or whatever, like, on those big trons yeah. and screens that are everywhere, the, the ring is dead black. Sometimes you can barely make out, like, commentary or people during those commercials. Like, you don't notice because we're on commercial, but sometimes you can, like, you don't see anything. You can see, like, I remember seeing Lillian, like, moving around in the dark, going over by the timekeeper. You can barely fucking make them out whenever there's, like, a commercial or an ad running between stuff they completely black it 
So I'm thinking that must be when they're slipping people in and out. I mean, I want to say, I don't know if I saw footage of it, or I heard, but like people used to say when Taker would show up, the reason it would be so dark for so long is because he had to race to the ring. It's definitely like, he'd come possible. from like gorilla and like haul ass to the ring and then get it. Yeah, because it would be really... It's weird. You don't think about those kind of things when you're watching the pay-per-view. You're just watching it under the assumption that the lighting that you're seeing is the lighting that's there. But you don't think about when you're not, when that camera's not on, showing you a commercial or an ad or just something that's not at ringside. It is dark because they darken it the way you would at the movies. So that the only thing that they're seeing is the Tron, but you can't see it because you're also seeing the Tron, so... I guess when they think they come back, you're not going to just be able to have somebody between Matt because he could leisurely walk out there like nobody from the Thunderdome can see him. You know, they're all screens. We could we could all turn them into Bailey's if we want. It's not real. So. So it's like you could just leisurely just have somebody out there like that. It's just funny. That was like that hand came out. Nobody could figure out why. I don't know how I didn't catch that shit. I guess I wasn't thinking about a hand coming out after a bump. So. Now we just have to figure out whose hand it was, right? I think that's where the real money in the story is. Whose hand is it? Write it down. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I was hoping we'd get something tonight. Good Lord. I was too. That's why I reached with that. I was like, I need something. <laughs> Freaking hand. Give him a hand. Uh, let's see. Before we go into our weeklies. Don't worry, we're almost at the weeklies. We did the doxing. Um, anything else that you hear about we wanted to talk about? Nothing else off the top of my head. Okay, I think cool. the only minor thing I heard regarding uh, Impact, they did announce that Ultimate X is returning at Slammiversary this year. Yeah, and I heard that uh, earlier today before Raw, they taped matches for main event, and that one match was uh, Karrion Cross. I don't remember exactly the order, but one match was Karrion Cross, and the other match was uh, Bronson Reed. Yeah, it was uh, Karrion Cross versus Shelton Benjamin and Bronson Reed versus Drew Gulak. Are you sure those were the matches? Yeah, those are the two. Interesting, because it was supposed to be before it happened. They were reporting it as, as I don't know which one they had, but one had Ziggler and the other one had Rude was what the report came out earlier today in the afternoon. They were like, the two of them are behind the stage at Raw and they're going to have tryout matches at main event. Because they're looking to fill main roster spots um, pretty soon. And they're thinking of streamlining these guys to the main roster. And then the trial matches I heard were uh, fucking Ziggler and Rude. Maybe they changed them, but I originally heard But Ziggler then again, I feel like I heard that at least Cross had a trial match before SmackDown or something. Yeah, there were, there were a few things going wrong. We don't know exactly what's going on. There's, a lot of, there's some strange shit afoot. But uh, yeah. But they, then there was a rumor that no, it says here, according to PW Insider, Cross wrestled Ziggler prior to SmackDown. Reed had Robert as his opponent. Dirty Dogs being split up for these pair of trial matches. Okay, so that was the SmackDown matches then. Yeah, so maybe the main event ones are. Yeah, the main event ones be what you're talking yeah. about. So they've used these guys a couple of times already. They definitely must be ready to push them up if they did something on Raw. I mean, back on the dark match of SmackDown plus main event. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're they're getting them ready. What a shame! Cross buried the entire main event division, completely dominating them, and then just gonna <laughs> drop the title, it, and then now out. we get to go back to now the diminished division. You know, got buried everybody in that shit. So, ah, oh, wow. WWE tweeted out. I should get Ziggler. I mean, not Ziggler. I should get freaking McIntyre off the screen. WWE tweeted out. 
um, about Sasha Banks going to Universal Studios with this video. But uh, apparently now when you click on this tweet, it says this media has been disabled in response to a report by the copyright owner. So um, WWE's account got a copyright flag for a video they uploaded of Sasha Banks going to Universal Studios where she was uh she was riding the Jurassic World Velocicoaster in Universal Orlando. And uh I guess somehow this is really ironic, WWE got a copyright takedown for putting this video up. And then Bodyslam.net owner Cassidy Haynes tweeted out, Man, sucks when it happens to you, doesn't it? The whole <laughs> Yeah. That whole turn is is fair play thing or whatever. <laughs> No real story. Stop fucking with us. <laughs> Shit ain't so fun, is it? Dude, they fucked with our content so bad yesterday. I didn't even tell you. I don't want to go too long because I do it weekly. But they fucked with our content hard yesterday. Like, where I had to plead fair use. And then they went back and uh, still complained and revoked it, making me have to post an appeal. And then in the appeal, like, I had to cite... um pursuant to 17 U.S. Code 107, which was the certain uses of copywriting material being used for criticism and news reporting and research and commentary and so on, being not an infringement. And also when you're doing praise as well as uh, satire, and I had to literally go and quote the fucking thing. And who knows? Who knows? The seven days they could still. That's what they do all the time, though. And mo- and literally, we've won, uh, as far as the Talk Brunch community goes, I think we have 100% of these things being released because at the end of the day, like no one's really doing anything wrong, but they, but they, the companies get anal, I think when you're critical and that's what happened to the guy who got doxxed. And now ironically, I don't know how, what happened with W maybe their own system triggered themselves. Ironically, part of my article that I quoted was saying that the clips that we were using were provided from them by their own social media on Twitter. So maybe they, they, they sent the bot out. <laughs> get that bastard. <laughs> That bastard's us. This was the they are them angle from TNA. <laughs> they are them. They are them. We are us. It'd be like when all of when all of the fortune guys turned around and faced a mortal. They are them. They are coming. Flash up the fortune sign. They flashed up the copyright strikes. <laughs> Surprise! The copyright came from Surprise, within. Surprise, motherfucker! The the copyright came from within. Write it down. Yes, the copyright came from in the house. The copyright came from in your house. The copyright's in your house. (laughs) (laughs) I like how we fine-tuned it for the end of the show. Like, we needed to adjust the title of the episode (laughs) on air. I mean, it works out because, I mean, we just had it in your house not long ago, so. (laughs) It's amazing. I think that tweet Uh, says what everybody else is thinking. Like, it's not so fun when it happens on the other end of the motherfucker. No, definitely not. Okay, well, it's time for the weeklies, folks. Weeklies! NXT episode 459, and it starts off with a regal speech. Did he splash water on his face? I'm not sure. Was he really crying? It might have been. I don't know. I, I don't believe regal that. Regal strike me as somebody who could probably cry on you. I don't think so. I don't believe he cries. But that's bullshit. I thought they <laughs> were made, working me as a sort of goofy faces I've seen him make over the years. I can believe he cries on you. No, I don't. I don't think he has tears. I just don't. I don't see fucking tears from this guy. When I saw, I was like, "This is fake." I know wrestling, and this is fake. You, you motherfucker, splash water on his face. 
<laughs> Somebody out there talking about his tears. It's still real to me, damn it. Yeah, now you splash water on this dude. Let me see if I could find when he first comes out. Is he already wet? <laughs> What's happening afraid. here? <laughs> What's happening here? Because I'm not buying this. That's right a phrase. Now. I never thought you'd have to say about a grown man. Like, come on, is he already wet? There's no way this man cried. You liars. The same hand from under the ring splashed him. Just went. <laughs> and just did a little water. Sp- spritz a little water in his face real quick. <laughs> Look at him. He's already. His fucking face is already. Fuck off. I knew it, man. That motherfucker splashed water. He did the same thing to his face that Rollins does to his hair. <laughs> Look at this. He's crying already. He splashed water on his face. That dude don't have tears. I thought it was a bit much for his whole cheeks to be wet like that. I tried to help you, Regal. <laughs> I tried. Especially now that we know that we're getting into the story a little bit. Let's see. What do we got here? So basically, Karrion Cross wants to hear Regal retire. He comes out because he's heard the legends and he wants to see it himself. But what really happens is that Samoa Joe comes out and Regal basically decides that uh, Samoa Joe is going to be the new GM. Predictably, though, we realize that that doesn't matter because Samoa Joe is not going to take it. I realized I didn't watch this. I didn't see any spoilers. I only watched this today. But I something just told me that they were swerving us. And I was like, he's going to decline and they're going to do something else. What I thought it was going to be, though, because I want to credit you like I predicted it. I thought it was, and I was hoping, and unfortunately I didn't get what I, what I wanted. I thought it was just going to be one thing. It was like, you know, I can't be GM. Because what I think the problem is, is that this guy needs to get his ass kicked and he's going to start taking his suit and shit off, you know? I thought it was going to be just one of those things where it's like, the problem isn't the GM, the problem is the champion, <laughs> you know? And he'll start taking his suit off and have to fuck him up. That's what I was really hoping for. Like, like Regal. pull out the Samoan war knife and start painting his face. Nation I, th- I thought it was going to be one of those things that was going to be like, Mr. Regal, you're not going to want me to be GM after what I'm about to do. Or just one, but unfortunately it wasn't. But what it was is that I guess what is he? He's a he he's a he's cold Joe. Yeah, he's basically with Regal's enforcer. Yeah, he decided cold Joe, I'll be here and I'll be your cold GM. And the way that it's gonna work is uh, if he uh, he can't put his hands on anybody unless he's provoked. It's like the old Austin GM thing. Yeah, unless you put your hands on him, he has to keep his hands off. Which, uh, then he basically walks across the fuck out of there. He's like, so what are you still doing in the ring? Get on, on out of here with your singing songs. Whoops, went a little too far there. But, uh, anyway, that was that segment. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I like having Regal yeah. around. And I like having Joe basically as his heavy. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the problems with that, Regal felt like everybody was just walking all over him. Nobody's going to do that shit with Joe here now. Mm-hmm. Definitely going to make it more interesting. Then after that, we had tag team match. Brazango, Fandango, and Tyler Breeze going up against Imperium, Fabian Eichner, and Marcel Bartel with the finish being Breeze small package. The prize small package, right? But what I like about this isn't the small package. I like how fast they get him afterwards. Watch this. This is so funny. Look the way he fucking! <laughs> I just love the way he... <laughs> he was trying to just leave. Nope, fuck that! <laughs> he 
tried to do that shit everybody does when they get a rollout. And I'm yeah. said, no. <laughs> he tried to do the rollout victory. It's like, no, I'm just going to fuck him up. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 I am. Trust me. I am. Just too good. Simply. Whoa. Take that one back. And now is the moment. It is. Oh, my God. It was right after this tag. Inside out. I just love the way he looked. He immediately starts hitting him too. Watch. What up, no, 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 How on earth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just so fucking mean. <laughs> oh shit. Oh man, he beat the shit out of them. Uh, so funny, man. Breeze hurt himself somewhere in this match. I don't know what happened. I got scared that he, uh, I thought that he sitted himself because he lands on the outside and I heard something snap and I'm not sure what snapped, but something snapped and this dude just fell afterwards and was just not mobile. If you look at, I don't know how no one brought this up, but I was worried. Watch this spot here. He just falls. Something snaps and like nothing happens. Not even like a spot. It was just like he jumps out. Watch. Look at this. Up it. You saw that shit? And now look, he's just on the ground now. Almost in our laps. Comes Isn't that crazy? Can I get that up again? Let me see if I could try to hang it back a little bit. It's hard to navigate this thing. So right here. Miriam dude just looks like it hurts. Well, speaking of which, Tyler Breeze. Up it. It was just weird, right? But up and over. Almost in our laps. And like for the rest of the match, he's in his corner checking himself. Like he's checking that leg. It was just like, if that's selling, that's good selling. Because I wasn't sure what the hell was going on there. You know, he seemed okay later on, I guess. Yeah, when he went for that like ending sequence, he was moving fine. So. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite moments of the night was uh kyle o'reilly and adam cole get into a brawl this and they was awesome they took no time in showing us what happens but of the great American best, it will be you two, straight up, one-on-one. That's fine with me. That's fine with me. The next week's series is so fired up, you can pick your opponents who you fight on this show. What is wrong with you? I shouldn't be fighting him. So the two of them are brawling, Kyle and Cole. And Joe shows up, and Cole fucks up. Look at the look on Joe's face there, right? Joe looks like, did this punk motherfucker? T- yes. <laughs> Get back. Get back. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand? Drop. Oh. And when he wakes up, you tell him Mr. Regal expects his decision. <laughs> I like that they didn't waste any time making it clear. Like, you touch him, he's going to fuck your shit up. 
Now we know how it goes. You know, now we know how shit goes. And you don't even get that bullshit. Oh, I didn't realize it was Joe. Now, nah, motherfucker. So next we get an NXT Cruiserweight title match with Kushida defending his championship against Trey Baxter with the finishers being Kushida hitting. What was that? That's like a key lock he uses, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking it was, it was actually it was uh, it was his overboard lock. Right, right. I'm sorry. I don't know why. Fuck. Anyway, uh, what are your thoughts on this? The Trey Baxter guy. Kid did good. I mean, holy shit, hung in there with Kushida. I mean, uh, yeah, bring him back. <laughs> like he, they threw him in there with they threw that kid into the deep end with the cruiserweight champion, and he did pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, solid work from him. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more. He, they, they need to work a little bit more on timing and certain things with him. But I did like a lot of the stuff that I saw. He has a really good look to him. You know, I guess he'll be the new Murphy if, it, if they can upgrade him to try and evolve another Murphy. <laughs> You know, that's sort of what it seems like. Um, there was this really weird sequence. I don't know what happened. This is like one of the worst forms of miscommunication. This is probably one of the times when you're with a rookie, you don't want to try to improvise too much because what winds up happening is neither one of you knows what the other one's going to do. But this thing right here, right, this is one of the most unusual sequences that I've ever seen in a while. Able to walk the ropes. Hold on for a moment. Watch it. Back into Whoop. Can't get over the ropes. Whoop. Still trying to get him over. And now one more like, oh, Still can't go over. Whoop. Still can't. Shit, what do I do now? I'll just go underneath and bring him up with me. Now I'll bring him between the rope, but nope, he's going to come up through the other side. He doesn't get what I was trying to do. I'll sweep him here. Nope, still can't. Oh, whoop, wobbly. Not sure what. Fuck it, let's just do the dive spot. <laughs> Like, no one knew what they wanted to set up there. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm, well, you know, if you go, shit, I couldn't get you over the rope. Well, we could try to rope it. Well, what if you go on there? What? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it happens. It happens. <laughs> the fucking play by play was amazing. <laughs> I just love that at the end, it was like, oh, fuck it all. Let's just dive. That's like you trying to, that's like the kids you see fucking doing like 360 no scopes and shit and call and they can't get right. So it's like fucking headshot. Mm-hmm. And then Kyle O'Reilly was out there just observing the match, I guess, just looking at the new guy. Yeah, because uh, after the match, he basically gets in Kushida's face because O'Reilly wants Kushida there. Mm-hmm. And the Baxter guy, he did like a springboard in Siguri, which looked really good also. Like I said, I like the way he looks. Uh, especially on their NXT debut when the state See, first so Kushida goes with that, he counters, and then he comes back with his boom. Really solid stuff. Oh, yeah, I still yeah, couldn't I get do. over that, uh, that, that freaking dive spot, man. Was this the springboard Spanish fly? That's what I'm trying to get you guys to. Baxter loves to fly. Can he hit one more impactful? Well, the springboard 450. You know what? I'm going to go back a little bit here. Let me bring this down because there was a cool Spanish fly he did leading into that. I don't know if you remember, but yeah, I just thought that that whole sequence from him. There we go. Right around here, I believe it was. Not easy in real time, folks. See, first the Spanish fly there, and then that springboard 450 looked really good. Like, like Stasis says, all over the place. Baxter loves to fly. Can he hit one more impactful? Oh, we might have a new cruiserweight champion. Oh, yeah, we will be watching his career with great progress. 
Oh yeah, bring him back. Mm-hmm. We also have freaking uh, what's her name? Taya Valkyrie trying to turn the uh the Robert Stone brand right. Right. That I thought you guys had it won. I mean, that wasn't until Robert Stone got involved. I mean, it's, uh... Ladies, what's up? Oh, hey, Rob. <laughs> what's going on? You know, I was just telling the girls that, like, I really thought that they had it won at, at TakeOver and that they should probably listen to you a little bit more. They'd you probably be a little bit more successful. Great minds think alike. Yeah. I told them that all the time. I know. Okay, see you guys later. Mm-hmm. Bye. She's Dun, dun, dun. They're forming their own stable. <laughs> what do you think of these oh, two? I mean, those two have, de- I guess, what we've talked before that like Aaliyah has approved tenfold. I kind of, got, I've kind of gotten dull. Like, I've gotten bored when it comes to Robert Stone, but I mean, Aaliyah and Aaliyah's, like, Aaliyah's my, still my standout in that group. Probably because she's been there the longest out of all of them, but I don't know. I feel like I might want to see her break off and do something on her own now. I could see that, but I think that they could use the experience of somebody like um, Frankie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, if if this end game is to definitely have their turnover and join up with Taya, that's gonna make me a little bit more interested in this group. Yeah, I definitely don't need Robert Stone in this shit. Yeah, yeah, I don't need freaking Robbie E. Just like. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Other things that happen. Oh yes, we get the inauguration, the million dollar inauguration, right? Holla, holla, dollar, dollar, dollar. That's even better. <laughs> Let me get this up on screen here because this was also another cool thing. Look, I, I, I understand everything you're saying. I, I but Ted, I, I, I still like just to have this on my shoulder right now is beyond description. Um, and we, I've learned so much from the Million Dollar Man just in the last few weeks. But I mean, if you consider my entire life, like I said, you were a fixture. I learned so much. And now I've got everything that I want. And now that I have everything that I want, it's time to drop what I don't need. Oh! That is messed up. What's the point? This was yours. And yeah. now it's mine. So he really is a million dollar dick. Look what you did to Ted. How are they gonna let Ted bump like that? You bastard. Yeah. Come on. Come on. So anyway, obviously Cameron Grimes comes out, right? Like it's not like you guys didn't think Cameron Grimes wasn't gonna come out for a run in here. Like, how fucking disappointing would that be? But he beats his ass for a while, you notice that? Oh, he fucks his shit. He whooped his ass to the moon. <laughs> yeah, right? He whips him to the moon. And uh, after he comes in, one of the funniest parts about this is that uh, Grimes is standing over Ted DiBiase, right? Now, I'm guessing that they want a screenshot here of Cameron Grimes looking concerned at Ted do you know why I'm guessing that that's what they want? Hmm? Can you tell me why? See, I'm scared to answer because I know I'm going to be horribly wrong. Okay. Well, then I'll just oblige Talk you. It with me. So the reason why I know 
that what they really want out of this is a screenshot of Cameron Grimes looking at Ted is because someone fucking kept screaming over and over again. Look at Ted. Look at Ted. Look at Ted. Please look at Ted. Look at Ted. Look at Ted. Look at Ted. I was like, who is that? I True colors being shown. LA Knight's going to pay the price to Cameron Grimes. Cross the line. Is this the shot they want? That's the one they got it. I hope not, because it's a terrible shot. Let's see if I could get a better one. No, that was it. That was as good as we could get. God, that's the look at Ted shot they wanted. We should write it down. Look at look at Ted. They didn't say anything about quality. Write it down. Look at Ted. <laughs> we could be talking about Ted Turner or Ted DiBiase. Look at Ted. <laughs> well, if you want to swing wild, Ted Nugent. Fuck it. Look at Ted. Hashtag. Oh boy. Next, we had one of the greatest matches. You know, not going to sugarcoat it. It was wonderful. And Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez against Katie Catanzaro and Caden Carter. This puts into perspective just how good everything is. And I mean everything. The finish to this is the GTK Dakota Kai. But that's not even important. Everyone wins in this one. The fans win. The two teams win. Everyone wins. Because the match itself is just absolutely incredible. The teamwork in this match is top-notch stuff. I'm just going to show you just a few teamwork sequences here just so you guys can get an idea of how fucking much these girls have all improved. Women's Dusty Cup. Nope. (laughs) These two tag teams, of course, met in the Women's Dusty Cup and Kai and Gonzalez eliminated Casey and and Kaden in the second round of that tournament. Oh, right over that middle rope. And now look at the tag team teamwork of Casey and Kaden. A kick right to the former captain of Team Kick. That's nasty, that kick, right? Right. That is, like, brutal. No one here was a weak link. Raquel, of course, being the monster that she is, at one point she lifts freaking Casey, which was pretty brutal. We see the tensions still between... Listen to her. Ember Moon, even 48 hours later, and Blackheart returning, but once again, strength of Gonzalez. Overpowering... She picked up by her hair and was like, what do you think you're going to do to us? Right. That's scary. She has you by your hair. I bet she doesn't want to braid her hair anymore. <laughs> you gave her like her own fucking her own get over here. And it's like you didn't even mean to do that. It just sucks. Like you can't even get down. Like what are you gonna do? Like it's worse like you it's like you hang her out, but like if you break free you'll still be dangling from her. Wouldn't it be great if she started doing the shit the Bucks used to do? She grabbed somebody by the hair fucking Where do you think you're going? <laughs> understand how many times i see the bucks getting the annex and i pray they do it again those were the fun bucks man if anybody out there at aw is listening can you just give that to me just one time just once i don't give a shit when just give me one good time because i'll never forget i think there was a day when me and you were watching roh and they did it to flip gordon and it was so funny no it was no i remember what it was now the ref had raised his flip's hand and Matt swapped out with the ref, and by the time he goes, he goes, where do you think you're going? 
That was one of my favorite times. <laughs> that was the best one. So here's another cool sequence here. On her feet, trying to find a way out of this one. Carter again, and one more time. Hoisted up. And Carter using her speed, her quickness, which obviously she has that advantage against the NXT Women's Champion in, makes the tag, in comes Catanzaro. Able to take Raquel Gonzalez off her feet, though. Oh, that's not going to work. They're questioning the decision for Gonzalez to take a matchup this quickly after that title match at TakeOver. Catanzaro now, hoisted high above the shoulders of the champion. Catanzaro able to land on her feet. And take a whoa! Wow! Have you ever seen Beth tag team continuity like this? Tag. Well, and that girl is like a fucking video game. How nasty is that, right? That was crazy. That was probably my favorite spot in the whole match. Yeah, and then you get a crazy plancha style thing here and a dive oh, afterwards. Doesn't end yet. To take the jump off her feet finally, it's such something really special to do it from Catanzaro and Carter. Oh, for fit as well, and the human highlight reel, Casey Catanzaro, wiping out the field. I think another tag was made. Carter's now legal. And again, the extra work in the performance center paying off to Casey and Kate. You see what I mean about this match? Shit was crazy. Yeah, there's some really good timing. These girls earned everything that they did here this is one of the matches where you are slick tired afterwards look at this move that carter does did you ever see in this corner she hits one person with a drop kick and then uses that momentum to land into a splash on the other person <laughs> i don't know if i remember this spot. there was so look, much that happened look at this shit here and carter with a little extra oomph behind that offense oh. <laughs> fucking crazy <laughs> that sucks for everybody involved right you know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, Paul London's old drop salt. Yeah, you're right. Because remember, he used to, remember Paul, for anyone who doesn't remember, in WWE, Paul London had this move called the drop salt, which it was basically a drop kick. But he, but he always, when he always did his, he would moonsault. So he literally, you were, you were getting double dipped on the shit. It was fucking amazing. Yeah, I want to look it, at this it, one it more time. It looks like a lower tier version of a drop salt. Hey, look Carter at this. With a little extra oomph behind that offense. Holy shit, you know, that's good, man. Amazing. What else do we have? Uh, Raquel also still being a monster here. She really plants her here. We need to see this. Sunday against Ember Moon is now Carter. Just gets caught out of midair. Then what goes up? Goes down. What a- I don't even know if that was intentional with the way she landed there. It was just like, fuck, I'm just going to throw her. Like, bitch, you better hang on. Yeah, no, it's, like I said, it is all crazy. I'm going to jump a little bit ahead here, a couple of minutes. There was something else I wanted to show you. Right around here, this is crazy. A critical error of positioning here. What? And look at tag team. We've seen that before, but it still looks great every time I do it. And Kai kicks out at two, and there's Gonzalez. Quick move oh. i watch this. Gonzalez back to the outside. And I think another a, a tag is made. Carter's now legal. Brilliant strategy here. Take a look at Casey and Caden. Jesus Christ, man. Everybody's just ready to die out here. Everybody in this match heard what Thunder Rosa had to say. Be like, oh, you talking shit, bitch? Yeah, they weren't playing there, man. 
This is what I mean. The whole match is practically a highlight reel. These girls work so hard for this. You know? Like, when you really look at it. Like, excellent timing here. And then here, when she hits the ropes, I thought this was also really cool. The car, the car, the car, in the ring. Nasty back kick there. All alone, and her legs are rubber after a kick by Carter, who makes the tag. Didn't you catch? Look how she catches her and drops her here. After that splash. Okay, now watch this. She pulls her out of the ring, right? Look at what she pulls out of the ring, right? In case that's not a display of strength, watch what she does. She catches her out of the air. And look. <laughs> that's so fucking cool, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Yo, they bump like this was a takeover, man. They were throwing each other. Like, think about how many times people just took flight and crash and burn. <laughs> just all over the place, man. You guys owe it to yourself to watch this match. Twice twice watch go watch this nxt is the best brand in the world right now barring none oh what else happened ah yes io shirai came out to challenge her next opponent and uh before she even really gets to candace comes out for you io you picked the wrong time to screw with me she wasn't scoring with you though what does that mean whoa she was literally like you came out here fucking with her friend We know the long-standing rivalry between LeRae and Io Shirai. That's Shirai. Not exactly the, um, well. And just in case you want to see just how brutal, and it goes to show, Candace crazy ass. Do you see what she told Indy to do here? Oh, God, I didn't see. Okay, here we go. I got to get to that because I laughed for this. So they go to the outside, right? And listen to, listen to freaking Candace here. Elbow drop. Oh, she's like, what? She's like, go, go, go. She, usually, how far this is? She wants her to Shawn Michaels it. She, she straight up wanted her to just wing it and Shawn Michaels. So, look, she goes up. Candice LeRae giving Indy When I saw her go up, I was like, oh, that big bitch is going to land. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> They're killing her off. Her marching orders. When Zoe Stark. Thank God. Now that is the girlfriend that you buy the expensive freaking perfume come Christmas. Right. Motherfucker saved her life from fucking Indy's lanky ass. I can't even imagine what that would have looked like. She was like, go, go, like, do it. Like she was like, before. what? It's like I said before, I think you're in her last title defense. What makes Indy's elbow, first of all, not only so cool, but so brutal, is the fact that she's so tall. And you know what it is? I like the fact that it's Candace because let's not forget that Candace is crazy. You know, so to her, it's like, yeah, the next keep up. The the next logical thing to do would be to fly and do an elbow drop. Why not? I'm Candace. I've seen Candace fight completely crimson mast. She's a bad bitch. Don't mess with her. Thank God for Zoe Stark, though, right? Zoe Stark's really good. You see, all these girls are great. They're great. Finally, the main event. Tornado tag match. Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa against the grizzled young veterans of James Drake and Zach Gibson. We don't even really need to talk about the finish yet, which, spoiler alert, the grizzled young veterans learned their lesson just because I want to take you guys through some of this like we did with the last match because there was a bunch of shit here as well. 
Ah, uh, first of all, and this isn't part of the match. I just thought that this was really cool. Let's see if I could bring it up for you guys. Nice logo. Look at the new logo they got for these guys. <laughs> when they that come out on the top of the ramp. mother would only invite over dinner sometimes. That's some yeah, scary shit great. to be in the ring and you see that pop up on the fucking drone. Yeah, you should have never angered the wrath of these guys. Bad enough and they in a good mood. Look at the beating they serve these guys. What I like about this part is watch this. They just take turns kicking ass here. Look. Look, let's refocus ourselves. I mean, Wade, this match is going to be the definition of chaos. Look at these two. Well, take a look at this. No referees count one of the novelties of this tornado tag team match. Oh, we're going right at it, Evan. It was like, all right. All right. Switch. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen somebody trade off like that before. That was great. There just wasn't enough ass to kick. It was like we. Those are, that's when you have a really good friend, man. When you have an equal distribution of ass, you want to make sure that you that he has the same portion as as you. Oh my god! You want to yeah, try this one? Yeah, swap. Like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Also, incredible double teamwork. Also in this match, tag teams is where it's at, man. Good. Look at this. Nothing fake about Champa. Nothing fake about Thatcher. As Champa goes over Gibson. Drake drops Champa. Gibson and then in real quickly. Yeah. Those grizzled young guys work really well together. Look at how well timed that shit was, right? Cleared the ring. First ever NXT UK tag champions for a reason. Yeah, this company doesn't play, man. Every every day is a pay per view for them. I wasn't expecting anything like this, honestly. And uh, this is also incredible. Tommaso Ciampa, here Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher, after they're done kicking the shit out of the grizzly young veterans and the two of them are on the side recovering, it's almost like they were just still so filled with so much energy and the grizzly young veterans were down and there was nobody else's ass to kick, so they just start slapping the shit out of each other. (laughs) 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 So they get each other. Look at it. They're slapping each other. And then they just go back to the grizzle and like, ah, like now they're really mad. <laughs> this is a terrifying tag team that Look, they don't stop. Don't miss a second of the act. They're still going. Like they are, like that's awful. You those guys scared shitless I to be to be tag team champions with these crazy fuckers in this division. Those guys stopped feeling grizzled after a while. You know, it's just like, oh shit, you better get out of there. You guys don't have heel strategies just, and stuff. They were beating young veterans. You guys came in here just trying to just be tough. Like you didn't have like a backup heel trick. You didn't have mist or something. <laughs> you know, like there's not like a trick, a brass knuckle, or fucking you know, dust, sand. Green man, Jesus Christ! You just came out here to fight them. The hell kind of strategy is that? That's one of those RPGers who goes into the red enemies. It was like, yeah, all right. 
with no summons. <laughs> like nothing. Yeah, man. All of those those weeks of that talking back and forth culminated into this, this is my friend what we call a blow off match. Because uh that is some brutal shit right they there. Eat a cell. Nope. And it and it's like they're not even halfway done. I don't even think we're halfway done. It gets so fucking worse from here. I'm I'm actually gonna go about five minutes ahead just because that's how long they're whipping their asses. This right here. One of my favorite spots. We talk about this a lot on here. I told you about it earlier. That is why the grizzled young veterans are the greatest tag team of their generation. It's the chemistry that Thatcher and Champa lack. And oh my word, perhaps a doomsday device. So they're trying to put Champa in the doomsday device. But he climbs off of one of them, climbs up onto the turnbuckle. And now he's fighting on the top. Thatcher has to thumb double on the hook, as you hear there. And it is not. That was still a cool avalanche air raid crash there. And then, and this was another brutal thing here. It was so much ass over this match. I don't understand. Let me see if I can get this here. This doomsday device was brutal as hell, man. Yeah, they wow. don't pull that one too often. That's a big match. That's how you know this was a big match. They hit the suicide doomsday device. Yeah, this was this NXT championships with that fucking move. Yeah, that is crazy. Let me see what else we got here. This was this was as good as uh, the other stuff. This Thatcher Gibson combination here was really solid. I'm sorry if you're listening on the podcast and I'm describing everything. Some of this shit I quite frankly can't, but that's more of incentive to come into one of the chats no or just go watch when the episode. It was all said and done. You talk about high risk. How about the high impact? Drake laying it on the line, and I hate to say this, Beth. Tommaso Ciampa hasn't really moved. He's just stirring the tiniest bit, but again. Okay, wait, that was the instant replay of that. I meant to go around here. Oh, we said they'd beat the hell out of each other. Gibson! Gibson! Look at this. Backslides off of him. Takes down Gibson, and this is Thatcher's mo. He wants to snap, snap ligaments. He wants to break bones, but Gibson trying to turn it around. Could be looking for Shakely Gates. Could he lock in Shakely Gates? Thatcher able to counter, and now it's Thatcher maybe looking for some sort of chicken wing crossface instead, trying to latch in another submission. Spectacular transitions from these two athletes that know each other. That's cool, right? Good rust, and he comes in and breaks the whole thing. <laughs> I love that, that Gibson still using a Shakely Gates, which is basically Nigel McGinnis' old thing. And Drake, looking over at Gibson, I mean, he, he looks to be absolutely out to stature. And right now, two for one. That's crazy. See what I mean? Like, the, the people, I don't know how much this costs, but you got your money's worth, man. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, like I said, I don't know how much it was. This is, this, this is too good. And then we get a crazy-ass table bump here. Between these two teams. 
vicious physicality continuing. And it's all legal. But it's all bad. Look at that on the corner of the table, the top of it set up diagonally. I guess that's ridiculous. Like, holy shit. Fuck's sakes. You know, but he gets his he back because uh, he hits them with what would be considered one of the worst air raid crashes because it's, it's an I am the table Gibson air raid crash. On our announce table is James Drake back in the ring, beating down Thatcher. Jumper and Thatcher are in a mess. That sucks, man. I don't know if that was supposed to happen. Like, I'm not sure if that was planned. I don't know how you planned for that. That sucks, man. That shit didn't budge. For those who don't know, wrestlers even say, it sucks war. That's why the eye of the table sponsors a big deal. Because it sucks so bad when that table does not give. They should eBay that one. I could use a nice sturdy table like that. <laughs> that shit didn't give on an air raid crash, you know? That sound Look. was horrible. Oh, man. And it only it only gets worse from, from there, at least for our, at least for our buddies, the Grizzies. Let's bring ourselves, let's swing ourselves over to the ending here. Once this guy got I am the table, they left this poor dude by himself. Yo, that's probably the end of that feud. Oh, yeah, that's it. Like, I don't think you're going to come back and talk shit next week after that, right? I don't know if they I don't know if they live through another match. After that what kind of what do you say to next week? Right. What, what do you even like? What do you do? Last week? <laughs> definitely not one of our better weeks. I feel like for the safety of these four men, they should not. This, this should be the end of the feud. Quite frankly, statistically. Probably one of our worst weeks. <laughs> and that'll be it. Everybody has an off night. This was a really off night. <laughs> they just dropped the mic. Tonight. <laughs> that is frightening shit, man. Wow. My applause to that NXT. Which brought in 695,000 viewers. We almost hit 7,000, which we are up people with a point 19 in the 18 to 49 demographic remember last week it was 669,000 that means that you guys are doing your part getting the word out there get them up to 700,000 next week 800,000 it's up almost a thousand you know point 20 in the 18 to 49 demographic last week so we're down a point we can fix that too but yeah they're looking good they're looking very very good all right, and that brings us to AEW Dynamite. Oh God, what do I? Where, where do I begin? First, let me get the damn thing on my screen. So, first of all, they open up with an MMA rules cage match. Jake Hager with his corner man being Chris Jericho against Wardlow with his corner man being Sean Spears. Finish to this being Hager via submission. Yep. Now that being not only his trademark in the ring, but also in the cage, his triangle triangle, triangle armbar. Yes. So like, I don't. This looked 
good at times, but then made up for by looking extremely shitty at other times. And I think that's one of my biggest problems that I had with this. You can't half-ass MMA. That's too and much. That's like I've never liked when wrestling shows do MMA-esque fights because it's never the same. Yeah, like you can't do it. This is just the lines then when you do that. Now, one of my biggest problems when you're watching MMA is it's different psychology because it's real, first of all. That being said, let's start with my issues with this. Issue number one, watch when they start fighting. Okay, so. Throwing body shot there by Jake Hager. He kicked his leg, right? Now, after he kicked his leg, look at Wardlow. He's like, oh, it's that smart. Look, he, he fucking... He actually, in, a martial, in a real MMA fight, that would have been a death sentence. Dude, if you were fighting a trained martial artist in the octagon, a UFC fighter, even a mid-tier fighter, and he kicked you once in your leg, and you stopped, hopped on one leg and favored your other leg, like, like, like ah, like if you stepped on a thumbtack, you'd be, you'd be dead before you could get your fucking foot back down to the ground. You think you're going to stand in the fucking octagon holding one leg on one foot? I've seen motherfuckers buckle slightly and get lit up. And this is an ongoing theme. Every time somebody gets hit in a leg, like, they're like, ah! And they walk back to the corner, like, ah! Ooh! And they start walking it <laughs> off. Ooh! They're like Peter and shit. Ooh! Ooh! It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's not how MMA works. You do not get to take a kick and then do that. I can't. This shot, this should be the shot. I forgot what the title of the episode was. <laughs> You know what? That's the one. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Who does one. that? It looks I thought absurd. it was going to be the fucking the guy reaching under the ring for McIntyre. No, this is it. Look at that. Uh, just- and look, he, he, he went further. He's bouncing. A, a match like this, Hager just knows how to strike, man. That is embarrassing, man. That is embarrassing. And then to make matters worse, let me jump a little bit ahead. Wardlow fucking throws him. With. There's another one. And then Hager uses that to rush in, trying for a double leg. Wardlow attempts. Oh, 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 wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yo, you know what it is? I'm going to tell you why I like that. He fucking DC'd him. I've seen Daniel Cormier throw people around like that. Oh, man. He's so then you got... So here's the thing. So he's flexing. That's something else he wouldn't be doing in MMA. If they want to, and this is just a piece of advice as a, as a rookie at this whole booking thing, but if they want to legitimize this sport a little bit more, which I don't recommend doing, I say no. What you do is you see these points here where these guys are going in. Something that you always see MMA fighters do that doesn't happen at all in this fight is when the two fighters are sizing each other up when they both have their guard up, they should have Hager and him consistently touching hands. You notice that in MMA. When two guys are standing in yeah. front of each other, they keep touching hands over and over. They're, they're like measuring each other. Distance. They're gauging the distance. They're sizing. Their right hands keep touching. They keep reaching out, touching, reaching out, touching. That's almost how eye pokes happen sometimes. The two guys are gauging distances. That's yeah, what would fucking what actually that's, happen that's, if that's, this was real. Because what that is, that's literally any time you see a fighter with their jab hand, they're literally trying to gauge what the next thing they're going to do is based on how far, how far away the guy is. Yeah, and to be honest, I didn't know this was going to happen. I'm not paying attention to AEW like that. So when I saw this, and I was even asking in the chat room today, where as I'm watching it live, I'm like, is, it, is, is this a work? Is it? So I'm looking for these things. I'm like, if I see them put their guards up and I see them checking kicks and touching hands and gloves and shit, I'm going to, and it's like none of the things that will make this look like real MMA were happening. You know, you wouldn't just be going in like that. Like, and that's another thing. 
if you were going for a takedown, unless you're a real asshole, you would try to set that takedown up a little bit better. There's no way that you would just try to lunge in on somebody. You know, so that looks weird. <laughs> and then I'm not saying that it doesn't happen often in MMA, but you're not going to take down your opponent and then get off of him usually and taunt him to get back to his feet like that. You'd have to be like a high level badass for that to be your strategy going into a fucking MMA fight. Yeah, I think that's yeah. one of the things that made it not as painful for me is because I kind of figured from the get go, I was like, okay, this isn't going to look like the real shit. But that makes the real, that, that just makes them look bad. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to make us take you seriously as a wrestling show, but then you make MMA look stupid. So now that makes even at its best wrestling look like a lesser thing than MMA because MMA, you look like shit at. You know what I mean? So that, that that's why I don't like them. That just makes them, it exposes them, I guess in short, you know? This exposes them, and it makes their fighters look like they don't know how to fight. And it's worse for Hager, who's an actual MMA fighter, because that means this is adjusted for Wardlow. And I get it. They can't really hit each other and shit. So that's why you don't do that. Hager kill him. But that's why you don't do that then, you know? Because you can't really hit each other. That's the reason why when we do plays and shit, and Romeo and Julia and Robin Hood, people don't really run each other through with fucking swords, you know? Nobody's ever said, let's have real duels. That'll make this play cool. So, yeah. We're going to talk about some good, though. I can't even call this. I'm not going to sit here and try. I feel bad for the people who listen to the audio because audio was here before video. But it's like, I don't even know what to call it. As an MMA fan or a wrestling fan, I literally in my notes for this, I have Wardlow's right hand followed by, I guess, some stuff. So let's look at it. It was a good right hand. You see what I mean by some stuff? Wardlow, he's bringing Hager towards center. He's a straight dump, and now a little ground to pound. Remember, no pinfalls in this MMA fight. Ground to pound, but... <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I did like that Wardlow did, though. Because it, it brought me back. He gave him the old Matt Hughes treatment. Way back in the day, what Matt Hughes used to do, he'd pin people up against the cage, but he'd walk them literally from end to end and then slam them. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be my favorite fucking thing, because I remember when he'd pick them up, the crowd would start coming to their feet because they knew that he was about to get ran to the end. I saw him walking up, and I was like, he just Matt Hughes, this motherfucker. Yeah, this whole thing was a strange. That's all. Look at how he rolls through on this. Let me turn this down a little bit. Look how he rolls through this. If, if Hager's grip breaks, this oh, oh, oh no, Hager. No pins. We know Jr. I love the way every time somebody gets top mount, Jr. has to remind us that there's no pins here. No pins, like we know, JR. He was on top of him the whole time before that. The ref would have been counting. It would have been like 18. They should have swerved us and had a pin. How cool would that have been if right there a ref would have slid in and just been like, one, two, three. Oh, we fucked him over, huh? <laughs> Disrespect MMA and wrestling. Become real heels. I'm going to show you Wardlow because I thought that this was hilarious. Watch this. Wardlow, look at him carefully. Wardlow is blown up in a gimmicked MMA match. Look at Wardlow. Boy, he tried to get him up and he couldn't. I was about to say the thick shoulders and arms of Wardlow don't play into that. But that lower body strength of Hager allowed him to keep it locked in at least momentarily. Now Wardlow, again, the referee's got to be cautious in what she is seeing in this. Wardlow's blown up. That's what I'm seeing. Wardlow became the new Dada 5000. And then it gets bad again. 
as if it ever if it ever got good. Look what they do here. Even Taz has to corpse here. That's how silly this shit becomes. Uh, oh my god! Into the cage. This is Wardlow's pro wrestling instincts kicking in. This. Oh my God! The Hurricanrana. The athleticism. <laughs> He's like, wait, why here? He said, "What the hell?" Went after the Hurricanrana. <laughs> that was fucking great. Now, it was. It wasn't good. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. It wasn't good. So it's then, the worst work MMA. But yeah, that wasn't good. Yeah. So I then afterwards, Jerry was doing MMA and DNA, so I mean, yeah. yeah, me too. So then afterwards, there was going to be a sign of respect here. It almost looked like between the two guys. I don't know what there was to respect about this, but at least in the storyline, they had themselves a slobber knocker here tonight. Yeah, a little little show of respect here. Yeah, you're right, Tony. Oh, whoa, oh my, my God! God. God. Sean Spears. Spears, Sean Spears came in and ruined this moment. They looked like they were. And then Jericho had to come in. Wardlow's got to go back to work. By Chris Jericho, Jericho being double teamed. In a violent way, Warlow was just put to sleep by Jake Hager. And this thing broke down quick as soon as it Absolute pandemonium here. Everybody gets to find the octagon. That's usually what happens, right? Man, that's what happened when Khabib embarrassed all of us. And of course, you got MJF in there. And look at this. Oh, oh, Malenko. Dean Malenko. Dean has seen enough. He pulled MJF off that injured arm of Christian. And look at this. MJF threatening to punch Dean Malenko. Dean has had his share of health issues. That's no secret. MJF knows that. Don't do it, Max. Don't be stupid. Yeah, walk away, Max. Oh, oh you son of a bitch. Wow. I fucking love what JR does that. Thunder Rosa wants to fight MJF in a cage now because of that. First you want to, you want, first you want to fight people in a cage. Now she, come, come, sit, sit down, woman. All right. You need to get your buddy before you start talking shit. All right. The thing is that Thunder Rosa wants to fight MJF in a cage, and Cyborg wants to fight Thunder Rosa in an MMA match. Rosa might be safer fighting MJF. Thunder Rosa does MMA, right? I've heard her. I've heard off and on she's done it, but not nowhere near as much as fucking Cyborg has been doing it. I mean, we watch the kind of people that put Cyborg through walls, but I don't know if Thunder Rosa categorizes them. I mean, we've seen people beat the shit out of her. Well, that 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 woman who beat the shit out of her is not human. That's true. Wasn't she the one who sat up into a punch? Was, was it Cyborg who got hit so hard that she sat up like, I'm okay, and then got hit? <laughs> I don't know if that was Cyborg. I think it right. was. Could have been. When she fought Nunes, I think. She got hit so hard that she was on the ground. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she sat up like, don't worry, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, that was her. Well, yeah, unfortunately like, for Thunder Rosa, she is not Nunes, so. Um, yeah, yeah, Fight MJF instead. MJF won. Because all yeah, I'm saying, you don't, you don't want to make Rose cry. You, you don't want to make George cry, Rose. Yeah, you only have to worry about small animals if you fight him. <laughs> and you're not a small animal. Cyborg will punch a hole through your fucking face. Anyway, next we get a two-on-one handicap match. Darby Allen against the men of the year. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And uh, oh, He's coming up. You didn't call him Scorpio Sky and friend. Oh, shit. Yeah, I guess so. They both suck now, though. That's probably why. Like, Nia just categorized them both. Nia identifies them both as jobbers, because even here, they like I, I don't like that team. They're just a couple of jobbers. But you do get some Darby offense, and that's worth taking a look at here. Well, you know, we should give Darby more credit. Yeah, there's nobody to oh, tag. Yeah, look at that. That's sickening. 
Remember, it was Darby that asked Sting to stay home. He said, I can do this on my own. And right now, Darby counters. He hits the Scorpion Death Drop. He's amazing. I can't, I, I can't believe him every time I see him wrestle. You wonder how in the hell Darby... Good stuff. Yeah. And then he zip ties this guy. All of his speed. Darvish found his proverbial second win. Code red, but he's in the corner and Ethan Page able to break it up. That was just a bad break for Darby. In the wrong corner. Look at that. Great strength by Page. Can't take that away from him. He's a big, strong guy. Absolutely brutal. Oh, look at this. Darby Allen. Darby Allen. He's got it around Ethan Page's feet. He's zip-tied Ethan Page's feet together. Darby tossing Page out. He's hopping around. He's trying to hop around. There's a roll-up. Roll-up here. Good day. <laughs> this was also cool, wasn't it? The great equalizer of the zip-tie. Shoulders are down. Amahi Stroll only a two-count. Darby going over the top of Scorpio Scott. Oh, stunner. What a stunner. What a stunner. See, he practically could be both of them. He didn't need Sting, you know. Oh God! I mean, yeah, he doesn't win, but he did kick their yeah. asses. Yeah, and it's one of the ongoing tales with uh, that AEW's done a good job of telling with Darby. If Darby has the only way you realistically beat Darby is if there's some kind of disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And here Numbers he takes game, he's hurt, but if he's 100 percent healthy and the odds are on his side, you're not beating him. Yeah, like, this is the only to... scenario where either of those two are going to beat Darby out. And finish it. This is the outsider's edge. The shirt buckle. Eagle's edge. Darby bounced off like a piece of trash. And there's a three count. So, not good for him. What's with that team called the Wing, man? They are a team that formed, I believe, through um, multiple cases of teaming on Dark and Elevation. But why would we want that? I mean, they had to come up eventually. Can't just leave them on Dark and Elevation all day. Sure you can. No, because And the thing is, the wingmen are going to make you pretty. Like, let's go back a little bit on this. How hard is it to take your hands out of your pockets and send a reply, a text, even that stupid little thug? Now you got no choice because the wingmen are going to make you pretty. Oh, that's going to get them over. Yeah, that's That's not like I'm about to get a child time and D block. Like, what? Yes, crap. And they wind up using spray tanner and shit, right? They spray tanner. <laughs> oh, look at the size of that guy. Impressive athlete, no doubt. Big time Brazilian football player. Towers over a pump. 6'6", six, six, about 260 out here. Hold on, I want to get to the spray tanner. Orange Cassie, a makeover. Oh, good lord. Ryan Nemeth with the, the spray but- tanner. <laughs> Peter Avalon. Well, I don't. Uh, this is is this legal? <laughs> is this legal? And, that, and that's why you bring him off the dynamite for JR commentary. Like, write it down. Is this legal? Oh, God. Not a picture can either be the spray painting or the one foot. I feel like it's a tie between is it legal or look at Ted. I feel like either could work for both situations. They both really could. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like I said, you can't leave guys on dark and elevation all the time because then you wind up with a situation like Rude or fucking Mansoor where you show up and nobody gives a shit. That's how they kind of always treat it, dark and elevation. You go there, you get something together, and then as time goes on, then you come back up to Dynamite. 
especially Avalon, who's been one of the guys who's been there since day one. Yeah, he sure has. I'm trying to get this spot here up. The best friends launch Orange. Well, the best friends gonna send Orange. The height he got, <laughs> and he landed perfect. Yeah, and then this was a bit of a cartoony spot, but I enjoyed it also. If I can bring it up. Hold on. Bear with me, guys. We're live. I'm hiring. If you want to be our, wanna be our Jamie, battle. if this was our fucking Rogan show. Second time Moore's been caught in the not by Benoni. Flag, are you? And Steph counters Stundark Millionaire. Orange Cassidy comes through. DDT! That rolling DDT of his is the best in the business. Really effective offense. Orange Cassidy got some go-tos that are hard to get around. But Look at that. Punch. Like that. Yes, sir. <laughs> the way he slid up to him and held his thumb out and he gets distracted by that shit. And Statlander eye pokes him. He gets an orange punch. Then Banani goes to finally get him. He gets an orange punch. Orange punch party. Look at that. Bro, those guys are scrubs. Can you believe that shit just turned out the way that it did? Yeah. Those guys should never show their fucking faces again. I mean, it could be worse. They could be tag team champions that nobody gives a shit about. Like I said, the only way it could be worse, the only way it could be worse for that team is if after Orange Cassidy pinned them, the dud bomb from a few pay-per-view views ago went off and blew them up. Uh, And then they were tag champions. Like, dude, Orange Cassidy whipped all their asses. Look at that. He's Superman. Yeah, Orange (laughs) Cassidy got to win. That's what yeah, but against guys, all of them. You forget, you forget, that's what some of these guys come up here. Just so some of the other guys, other guys can get a win because there's an actual like hierarchy and structure. No, of not course. We just put, not, we just, not we just put them on main event for a year and a half because we have nothing fucking to do with them and then we throw tag titles on them for two months. Yeah, but this is different. They He got a win on not just one guy, but the whole stable. They all got in there and he hit them all with their finishers. Were you not like, entertained? I'm 100% entertained. I'm just, I just don't think that yeah. those guys... I don't think that there's did any favors for them. Like yeah, that's what. Some, sometimes you gotta be on the receiving end of an orange punch party. Yeah, I guess uh, those guys are permanent jobbers now. That's Job Squad 2.0. Ziggler, that Ziggler has it worse. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, no, no, it could be worse. That Ziggler can have a championship run that nobody gives a shit about. I guess he's new. He has an excuse. His brother, on the other hand, that's a problem. <laughs> oh boy. So anyway, they all those guys are jobbers now. As sad as that is. Um, Omega antagonizes Jungle Boy, which I thought was great. Like, gets all up in his face, gets nasty with him, tells him that he's gonna get all up in his ass. First one's free, Jack. Wow. That's right. First one's free. But let me warn you: as soon as you take that shot, I'm all over your ass. Take it. Come on. Run. Take that first shot. You want me to hit you? I'm gonna be right. all up in that <laughs> Jungle Boy. Come We're gonna on. Be all over that. <laughs> Take it. Come okay. on. All right. right there. Take I'm never, I'm never going to offer this twice. This is your only chance, Jungle Boy. Here it is. Give me your best now. shot, buddy. Get rid of your phone. Give that to Marcus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, put your beautiful hair up. Ah, Nakazawa. You got tricked by Nakazawa. Naka, Naka, Nakazawa. The best part about this comes up next. Totally worth it. Look what they do here. 
Look at that. Omega kicks Nakazawa into jungle, but he sacrifices him into jungle. <laughs> they fucking drive off without him. Yo, poor fucking Nakazawa, man. All I'm saying is they hit you with that logic from earlier. The fucking pretty guys, they're jobbers. Nakazawa, he's a fucking jobber. Sometimes <laughs> you got to pay your dues. You never know. They sacrificed Nakazawa and drove off. <laughs> Nakazawa jobbed his way to success. I ain't giving up on pretty having a lot. Fuck that. Oh, man. The antics here, boy. And then, just in case things aren't weird enough, we got Matt Hardy's heel stable here, and they lock Christian away. Come back. It was a very happy ending. But if he keeps coming for me, I'm going to send him. Let's do it all chanting. Put him in the cage. Put him in the cage. Put him in the cage. I want to talk to you. Open it up. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. Look, look, I'm going to give you an out. You were gone for seven years. Retire. Go home. Spend time with your daughter. I'm going to fund it. This check was your retirement fund. Here, take this. Take this. Very closely. Matt. Open this cage, you piece of Open it right now. That's not going to happen. Maybe a little long time will give you some perspective. Because if you keep coming after me, I'm going to end your career. Are you? Permanently. <laughs> the only thing that would have made this better for me, the only thing that could make this better for me at some point, is if at some point he brings up the fucking view with Edge. I don't know how they could pull it off, but I feel like at some point they could work that shit into it. It would be so fitting because it's fucking Christian. I'm sure they're going to. They can't resist talking about WWE shit in this company. It's like it's impossible for this to keep going on without it coming up. I promise you. Yeah, they make it so fucking easy. But <laughs> so this we get a tag team match. The Factory's Aaron Solo and uh, QT Marshall with Nick Komoroto against Brock Anderson and Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson. This is the Brock Anderson debut. Unfortunately, you would never know that because it gets diluted in this shitty angle with all of these nightmare family rejects and this whole thing that nobody cares about. I was about. focused on Brock and not nothing with this angle. I and guess. Nobody in this match. All right. Well, if that's the case, let's throw some. What, what do you like about him? Let's put some Brock Anderson shit on the screen. Let's I look mean, at Brock Anderson. Our referee that time. You know, he has his fundamentals. That looks solid. Good backdrop. You know, I mean, you expect him to. He's orange kid. Nice gut wrench slam there. You know. Boy, strong. Has a good look to him. Oh, look at that. QT, I think it's funny. QT hits a spine buster and then looks at Arn. I thought that was a really cool moment. Arn Anderson, the double-A spine on the pine. How ironic is that? Cover here. Not ironic at all. It was spiteful, Jim. Brock Anderson and Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and picture-in-picture. No, we're not going to get picture-in-picture today. Uh Ain't about to picture-in-picture. I fuck fuck you. Mm-hmm. He looked good. He was solid. Yeah, he goes over. With, he goes over with a jackknife, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So looking forward. I need to see more of him to really determine that where he got, is. That kid definitely. For that was a good first start for him for sure. Mm-hmm. You get to hear a little bit of Andrade. Wrestling that AEW holds two of the greatest championships that have ever been created, and they're new, and they're hot, and they come with a lot of money. The AEW World Title, TNT Title. 
I would assume, without sounding overly stupid, that's on your radar. Yeah. This is manageable. I want not not. I deserve opportunity for the TNT title. Oh, for the AEW World Title. This is my next step. Another amazing surprise, and we see a lot of them on Dynamite, was the fact that you were presented by Vicky Guerrero. Person I've known forever, seemingly. Many things. She understands the business. She's smart. Yo soy tercera generación. Ella creció con Eddie Guerrero. Conoce la familia de Eddie Guerrero. He was basically saying that she knows wrestler. She, she came up with Eddie Guerrero. This is why we have a great connection. So we got Andrade. You get to hear a little bit more of him. His English not so good, as we already know. Yeah. Uh, Penelope, Ford, Penelope Ford against Julia Hart. 19-year-old Julia Hart with Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison. What are they, the cheerleader squad? The body donners? Damn. I forget the name of the team. Varsity Blondes. And we were just talking about Tammy. Yeah, you know, the celebration of Tammy getting free. Oh, shit. You know, that's what we need, you know. She should come and manage them. Have her come and manage this team. No, don't you fucking do that. I'm for it. So something of very elementary veteran maneuvers. Experience is a wonderful thing. Ford looking nice as always in nice form. Yeah, first time we've seen her back in a little while, so good to see her moving good again. Yeah, she puts this girl down with a submission hold at the end here. I want to spend too much time here. Wrenching up on the neck of Julia Hart. No choice. Julia Hart gutted it out for as long as... Come on now. Let's go. Yeah, the young lady, 19, she's going down here. But no, you got to the hands. you got to get the hands off her. She's going to risk permanent injury here. This is absolutely uncalled for. The varsity blonde. Well, we see the main side for now. Yeah, broke her off. Yeah, put her away with a much better looking version than last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, then pretty much Miro shows up, right? Good old Miro. Yeah, reunited with old friend. Mm-hmm, with his old stable buddy. But I'm here. I am here, the TNT champion, undefeated. God's favorite champion. God's favorite champion. Don't you know the hard time that this woman has been through? The wedding, her husband being injured. So what kind of man would I be if I just let the... Oh, Miro! Taking down for Garrison, TNT champion, asserting himself in a big physical way. And look at Brian Bryant. But what kind of psychopath is Miro? He injured Kip Sabian and he told... I like, I like the fact that Miro sends a message to Kip by saving Penelope. I think that's a shit. <laughs> Pretty much. And in His doing so... His are vicious now. And in doing so, um, he remains a heel. Because what did he do? He went in there and he, he helped. Even though he, he's a heel himself, he helped, uh, he helped the heel. And he beat up the baby faces. But it was really funny because he does it specifically just to send that message to Kip. Like, I even had right. to save your wife, Kip. You going to come help this poor woman? 
What the fuck, Kip? Where are you, Kip? I have to come in and step in and do everything for you. That's where he's going with this angle. I like it. You know, but do at I one point, I guess... Now, Kip? At some point, I'm assuming Penelope and him turn face, though. You know what I mean? It's going to be one of two things. Either him and Penelope turn face, or Penelope, for whatever reason, turns on Kip. But if they're going to do it for that, they'd have to build it way longer, though. I don't want one of those angles. We just had a fucking mirror angle with that. You know, I don't want any, any more fair angles. Well, see, that no, no, that one is not canon. We don't count that bullshit. That was a good angle. It was good shit. But it was on Raw, so it's not canon. Finally, oh, praise him. We make it to the main event, six-man tag team match. Eddie Kingston, Frankie Kazarian, Penta, El Cero, Miero with Alex Abrahantes against the good brothers, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, and... Of course, the Young Bucks one half Matt Jackson being accompanied by Brandon Dungeon Master Cutler. I love that name. Yeah, he should use it, right? You can have it. That one's on the house. Dungeon Master Cutler. Does Matt Jackson always have to do something that's from WWE? Like, yeah. it's funny, but now it's like not. It's kind of like I've had my fill. I don't know how many people caught it, but isn't this... Am I losing my mind when I look at this and I see Matt Jackson doing Shawn Michaels SummerSlam versus Hulk Hogan with this turnbuckle bump? Watch the bump. Headbutt, but I'm not so sure who it hurts worse. I don't think Eddie notices. He may look at that like a one of those uh, slurpy freezes. <laughs> yeah. He's my motherfucker did that, right? <laughs> I don't believe that was the to freaking Shawn Michaels thing. I was like, I like you did the Shawn Michaels bump. I give him credit for being able to create those moments almost verbatim. But you know what I mean? That one's so far back, you'd have to remember. Like, you need a high level of ring awareness to do it, but it's just impressive to be able to do it. But still, they're always doing WWE stuff. Guys are nuts. Uh, What else did we have here? I don't want to spend too much time on the match. I will say that the match overall was really good. I mean, obviously, what else are you going to get from these guys but a fantastic match? uh, Eddie Kingston has improved greatly from when I I first started watching him. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the match is telling a solid story. So, uh, you know, you get your Bullet Club guys out there. Uh, Again, I'm not huge on uh, Kazarian by himself. But it's still cool that he is out there at for one me, point. For me, it's only because it's been so long since I've seen him by himself. I have to get used to it again. Yeah, it's been literally years, you know. Like freaking suicide first showed up in TNA when he was still by himself. We don't have Phoenix, unfortunately. Yeah, he is still out injured. But we do have Penta with a crazy ass dive this week. Many, many years ago. Big shooter. Driving crossbar. Penta takes down Matt Jackson, swinging a miss. Oh. Over the backbreaker. Penta... See, the difference with his offense is that it's more geared towards the opponent <laughs> instead of himself. He's not going to throw his crotch at you or into the barricade or anything. <laughs> Penta's always been the one that's been more along the lines of like self preservation. Whereas Phoenix, like, fuck it, if I die, as long as he goes with me. Mm hmm. Pretty much. And that's always really good. Um, what else did we have here? Oh, yeah, we had. I thought that this was really cool. This is a definitely a shout out to uh, Christopher Daniels here. Penta making the tag out to Eddie Kingston, but does a good job of keeping. The First, it's a good double team, you'll see. In the corner. Oh, big time, Dominic. Gary and Kingston with a running knee strike. 
And Frankie Kazarian. Wow. What is Rick Knox doing? You got to go for the cover at some point. You mean the referee? Fear Factor. The Fear Factor Kingston. Oh. Backdrop driver. And now Frankie Kazarian. The double underhook. Touchdown with the oh, Angels wings. On here, Don. The Angels wings. Go, 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 go. No. So many things to get hit. It was cool to the angel, but that's what I mean with this company. Look how many fucking finishers got hit out there for the guy to get broken out with a double axe handle. <laughs> Only here. Still a good match. You know, I'm not going to take that away from them. It was chaos done very well. Mm-hmm. It definitely was. And uh, that'll bring us to the uh, to the finish of this, which I'll let you guys see. Do it. Ridiculous. But he sent Gallows the outside. Oh, the super kick. Super kick blocked by Kingston. Kingston, the half and half. High boot by Carl Anderson. He stands alone, center of the ring. He stands alone inside this pit of danger. And I believe Penta goes over here, right? Penta counters the backstabber. Penta's been tremendous, though. I'll say that. Yes, no doubt. Been on the offensive most of the match. One of the greatest offensive wrestlers in the world today is this man. All oh, right, right, right. They use the stupid spray thing. Must have got done the casting meeting early. Penta has been blinded by the spray. Carl Anderson, super cutter. He has just stole it. So that is how Dynamite ends, right? Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. 552,000 viewers for their last week of the 10 p.m. shows. Point twenty in the 18 to 49 demographic. Overnight, 487,000 views in the point 19 to point 19 to 18 to 49 demographic last week. So they're up. Just like WWE, they increased here. Oh, good for them. Oh, yeah. Always good to come up. All right. That's it. That brings us to a just quick run over Raw before we wrap up for the week. Uh, with last week's Raw bringing in 1,742,000 viewers. Um, half of that, a little less than half, 637,000 were in the 18 to 49 demographic with a point forty nine rating. And that is always with the big dollar ratings. Uh, we had a Lashley celebration. New Day shows up while they're doing a toast with champagne and the holes that are out there. And then a New Day comes out and they're throwing actual toast at them. And I love the fact that as they're throwing them, they're going, this is actually toast. This is actually toast. <laughs> and the toast is just landing everywhere. Um, I noticed Woods, I don't think it was a gimmick. Woods seemed to be getting deliberately annoyed with everybody talking over each other there, which they tend to do a lot, the girls and MVP. At one point, he just tells MVP to just shut up, and he even tells the girls to shut up. It's like everybody's just taking liberties and talking over each other, and he didn't like that shit. So shut up. Uh, remember when we, remember when we used that have them problems here? Good so Not really. They decide that this is going to be a Hell in a Cell match, Xavier Woods versus Bobby Lashley. And the reason behind this is because USA was offended by the fact that Fox got their own Hell in a Cell match, and they did not. So to rectify this, clearly WWE has decided to even things out and give them a match too. So that's set for later in the night. AJ Styles, we have a bunch of uh, 
Money in the Bank qualifier match is coming up because it sticks yeah, up on the pay-per-view. AJ Styles faces Ricochet. Um, with the finish being Ricochet, um, basically, what does he do? I remember he counters the phenomenal forearm, right? Yeah, into the recoil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then afterwards, the Viking Raiders wind up attacking Omos. This goes back to backstage where they slap the fucking chicken out of his hand or the stick, the, the drumstick or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Omos goes to fight the Viking Raiders. He winds up crashing and burning through the barricade. One of the things I did like about this is Ricochet going over. Is it To me, that's a sign of one of the changes. We're already seeing upsets. You know, the fact that they're pushing somebody different to be in the money in the bank. You would want someone like Ricochet there. So I think that's a sign in a positive direction. Uh, they show Eva Marie backstage with her new protege, uh, Piper Niven. Uh, I ain't calling her about that bullshit name they gave her. And she she begins to uh, introduce herself. And when she starts to, she mouths the name. She starts to say Piper and uh she and Eva Marie interrupts her and she's actually mouthing. She's going, Piper Niven, Piper Niven. But like, she's like, your name's Dewdrop. Uh, now, I know a lot of people are going to complain about this angle. And I'm going to, for the first time, be on the opposite side of the spectrum of you all. And I'm going to say, I don't mind this for a couple of reasons. The first being that it's not like her name was changed to Dewdrop where we have amnesia of who she previously was and now she's Dewdrop and she was never Piper Niven. They're acknowledging it. This is an angle. It's a storyline. Her name is still clearly Piper Niven. Otherwise, they wouldn't have even had her mouthed and they wouldn't have had her draw attention to the fact that she was being named. If their intention was for her to have a new name and them to brainwash you, they would have just had her show up as Dewdrop and never acknowledged anything about there being a name problem. The fact that the storyline, Piper Niven, and a heel move by Eva Marie is to call her Dewdrop and have everybody be like, Dewdrop, what the fuck? Including her. It's a storyline. It's an angle. It doesn't bother me. So that's one of the reasons why. If it would have just been, fuck it, your name's Dewdrop and that's it, that's one thing. But when it's a storyline where you can see that the baby face doesn't like it and isn't with it and it's like, obviously this is going to get resolved at some point, they're not going to keep her Dewdrop. You can visibly see that that's where this is going. So I no longer have a problem with it. I'm not going to complain about a storyline. The other thing is the usage of Eva Marie doesn't bother me either. That's a smart use of her. No one fucking wanted to watch her wrestle. She can't wrestle for shit. All of her matches were always terrible. But she's a hot piece of ass, which they're well aware of, which is a draw for television. And when you're trying to draw ratings, what better than a hot piece of ass? So you have a girl who could work and then you have a heel manager managing her. You have a fucking storyline. There's nothing wrong with Eva Marie being out there. No one ever said she's ugly. So, I mean, everyone's problem was that she's wrestling, taking time from up-and-coming talent that can otherwise use that spot to elevate themselves. How did they solve this problem? They put her with an up-and-coming talent that can use that slot to elevate themselves, have her as the manager for eye candy, and give them the fucking dewdrop angle. There's like nothing here. No one lost. Everyone gains here. Everyone wins. You get to see Eve Marie. You get someone from NXT who gets to get a call up and get notoriety and get and get acknowledged. You know, you're, you're getting buzzed. By them calling her dewdrop, they're making the name Piper Niven trend more because people are now informing, oh no, her name's Piper Niven. So they, they're making buzz here. You know, I don't have a problem with anything here. I think that that was done well. Um... Which, by the way, I think it was a good Raw. I don't really have any complaints for Raw. I, I like other than we're running late, so I can spend yeah, too much time about it. This was a good Raw. You know, I was my my biggest concern was that this girl's name was really going to be Dewdrop. You know what I mean? It was just going to be like that would have been fucking offensive. But it's like literally when they're going Dewdrop, and then you have commentary. You when you have the babyface commentators saying that this is shitty, 
and the heel ones are okay with it, that automatically tells you that that's not going to stay that way. Uh, what else? So then you have... Uh, well, yeah, go ahead. One, one thing about that angle. Here's the problem I have with it. First of all, I'm one of those people, it's not even the wrestling for me. Eva Marie's existence just bothers me. But the problem I had was when this Raw started and they announced this, because it was a tag match between, I think it was her and um, Piper versus Oscar and Naomi. They even went as far as to have it on the fucking nameplate of, 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 the, of the match graphic. Right, but that's no different than with Britain with, like, Brit and, with, with Brit and uh, Reba. They can't even act like they don't have their own fucking network and don't know this Piper name. If you, right, if, you're not, if you don't know what her name is, don't put the shit up there till they, till they say what her name is. Yeah, but they do the same thing with Reba and AEW. And not only that, now AEW is connected with the same universe as Impact, where we know for a fact that she was Rebel. She was in the Menagerie and in a bunch of other stables. She was in the Dollhouse, and they still fucking act like she can't work and everything. It's just, like I said, it's just, for me, this is just a storyline. And they're calling her Dewdrop because that was her official name. For all we know, it's already over. At the end of the match, she abandoned her, right? When, like, like, because what oh, yeah, essentially what ends up happening... Saying, I hope this is fucking over. Yeah, because essentially because what winds up happening is... a I watch steal the show in an NXT UK title match, I don't need Dewdrop. The problem with it is, is, not, is there's going to be very few people who see it that way, and more people are just going to get pissed off. Yeah, I don't and think it's going to be that big of a deal. I think they're worrying too much, you know. They just need to let this run its course, you know. It it might be over, you know. She she abandoned her because we're, you run you let shit run the course with this company, and they have a bad habit of shit running its course and ending horribly. But it, I think it might already be over. Again, she came out, she had the match. For anyone who doesn't know what happened, um, and she kept tagging. Like she kept basically whenever Eve Marie would tag in, she would she would only tag in for covers and to get credit, and then she would tag back out and let uh, freaking Piper do all the work. Essentially, what winds up happening is she abandons her. When she goes to tech, she jumps off the apron and lets Eve Marie take a pen. So it might be that next week, she's Piper. And then Eve Marie, being in this manager role, brings somebody in, someone else from NXT, to now fuck her up for doing that. And now you have a feud. You have, you have Piper Niven versus it was, just a, it was just a trick to bring two girls up from NXT. And then you have, you have Eve Marie there managing it. You know what I mean? That's what I think they're going to do. But then I could also see it being easily... She already pissed. She managed to piss Piper off a week into being a partner with her. How we know that's not going to happen with the, with the next girl that comes up? Because clearly, even had enough intelligence to know who the fuck this is before she actually comes up. Yeah, but like, that I was just know. for the just, thing. Just, like, just the fact that she was back in the first place bothered me, and now we have this shit where it's like they've been a team for a week and already turned. Yeah, because I don't think that that was the, the point. wasn't for them to be a team. The point was to have a have a storyline. Remember the rule: no more cold booking. The world was to have what a storyline. Who the fuck she was supposed to come up with and not have Piper Niven waste a week of her time on the main roster? She didn't waste a week. She got an introduction. She got a, she abandoned Eve Marie, and it gives you a storyline. Instead of having just... You're, you're saying you'd rather her opponent just come up and wrestle, which is what we don't want. Instead, and I'm saying if they do this, because we don't know. Instead, we have potential for an angle here where next week she gets somebody else that she can call up, and she actually stays with this person. Oh, that's what I'm forms- saying. The person who she's actually supposed to be with. Instead of what it about just them? being a week of them having to pretend like they don't know who Piper Niven from NXT UK is. That's all it, it was last week. It's not a waste. It's, it was literally to develop the race that shit like we like Piper like like NXT commentary didn't act like they had like they don't have the fucking network. But it's to, it's to develop the character to get it to go in that direction. The same fucking reason why Theon couldn't turn on Winterfell. It was like when Theon turns, you're like, well, why couldn't he just have already been part of why couldn't he already turn on Winterfell? We needed to do that. Like that was the writing. The story is her turning and them not liking each other. So now she goes and gets another girl. Otherwise, it would just be her showing up managing some heel. 
and then Piper just showing up to fight her for no reason. Whereas now we got an angle. If if they were going to do that, why even take Piper from NXT UK? To keep her up here. No, no, no. I I think you misunderstand me. I think you're misunderstanding me. Like, Piper being brought up here is permanent. What I'm saying is that the story is that Eva Marie brought Piper up here as her girl to push, not realizing that calling her Dewdrop was going to piss her off. Now she's turning. Eva's angry. So she's going to retry, go back to NXT in the story and get somebody else to bring up here. And now that person's going to fight Piper. As a result, whether or not that they eventually get rid of Eva Marie, who gives a fuck? They could keep Eva Marie with the, with the feuding person of Piper whoever they decide to bring up. But what I'm saying is now's a good spot. You're using Eve Marie to get two girls up. Nobody goes back down. I hope to you God get, that you're right. Because I'm, I'm, just saying, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying that this is what I would do. I'm saying this is how I would use Eve Marie. I'd be like, you fucking turned on me and you left me on the apron. Now, if there's somebody in NXT that Piper hates, now she goes and gets her. Now, boom, we've got two call-ups. We had a storyline on. The two of them can fight. And, uh, if it works out, you could keep Eve Marie in her corner, or it could have just been that Eve Marie was there just as a device so that you got these two girls on Raw feuding. But either way, I thought that's what they were doing, where it's like now she's going to have to go get somebody to fight Piper for doing that to her, and you get a, you, you get two new girls. Well, I hope to God it is, because they, we have seen multiple occasions. They don't think with even a quarter of the level of intelligence we do. I so, think that that's what they would do. I think that's what they should do. And I think that you keep Eve Marie. Call up, fuck this show. No, I think that's exactly what you do. If otherwise I'd be pissed. Like if it's just alright, we call her up, we have her come do drop and that was the end of it, then yeah, fuck off. But no, I'm I'm almost a hundred percent sure that there has to be another girl that she's gonna be facing. And Eva Marie will just down the road if she sticks around, she'll be like a Vicky. She'll be that girl who always gets another girl or has another project or someone she's working on. Because you need people like that to do these call ups. People just coming through the curtain doesn't work. You need like three or four people who are scouting talent, like an Eva Marie who bring them up for different reasons. I hope so. You know, for me, yeah, best case scenario is that option where Eva just fucks off after this shit. Yeah, no, worst case scenario is that, oh, I brought Piper up, now I take her back down. You can't take her no, back no, no. down. See, see, that's the thing. Any scenario for me, Piper staying up works. Yeah, no, Piper I don't think that, awesome. that was her call. I just she's she's here. Uh, having to suffer through Eva Marie's fucking existence. Yeah, I don't know if I dislike her that much. As long as she doesn't wrestle, I could look at her all day. See, you know what it was? I stopped... It, it was that. Mo- it's so funny how far back my hatred for her goes. It was that moment when they tried to pair her with Fandango, and all the bitch did was walk across the stand. And I'm like, "Bitch, you can't twirl or nothing." Like something about that. I don't know why that rubbed me the wrong way, but ever since then, I was just like, "No, no, none of you." And especially because we got all these promo packages for her, and I'm like, "See, I don't. I can just because we've seen them just throw people up there for no rhyme or reason. So we can't even say that they need somebody like an Eva Maria Scout because they've they've." brought what five six people up that one time with nobody to manage or scout them so it's like i can't i can't even say they do that like i hope to god this has such a fucking payoff because <laughs> because if they have they call somebody up and it's like some random from nxt we've never even seen or hasn't won a match since the fucking stone ages yeah. it's going to be just mm. if as far as i'm concerned if they do what i'm asking bring another girl up that she's not going to try to fight her that it's extra but as far as i'm concerned like we already got our payoff like we got we got piper niven on the roster and then she broke off of even marie to me it's, it's good as long as they don't just come back together as long as there's no version of that that remains like i'm fine with it like see that's what frightens me they'll do it 
if it's a fucking thing where she jumps off the apron and then next week we see them backstage and she's like, listen, you can't go doing shit like that to me. And then well, I'll be pissed. Little, see, that's the problem. I see that little fake ass apology. Of, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to call you that. And the next thing you know, they're back teaming. Because we right. know they'll do shit like this. We can't even act like they won't. Let's, t- let's have a think, look. They had us think they killed Shayna on national television. And the next week they was like, oh, yeah, she'll see you at Hell to Sell. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's. Let, I'm gonna cross my fingers on this one. That that this is definitely going somewhere. I have faith. Fingers and toes at this point because <laughs> I want to believe you, but I fucking have a hard time doing with this company. Oh man. Anyway, so, so I'm so fucked up. The show I can't even see the good anymore. So Rhea Ripley gets called out by the authorities for her behavior. The authorities being Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville, and then Charlotte comes out. And long story short, Rhea versus Charlotte is going to be a Money in the Bank rematch. I don't know why that's always allowed. All right. Well, you, I feel you fucked me over. All right. Well, we have an idea. Next pay-per-view, you guys will have a rematch. Make this more realistic. You know what? Because Charlotte should be like, no, the rematch should happen tonight. Even if they don't do it tonight, she should demand it anyway. From a, from a realistic perspective, the rematch should happen tonight. That's an entire month of her having the title. That's an entire month of her making more money than me. She shouldn't get that because she screwed me over and threw the match away. Why does Rhea get to hold the title for a whole month, making more money than I do? Because if people forget that that's what it is. You have the title, you make more money. So <laughs> why is she just given a free month? She'd have to defend the title at a pay-per-view anyway. That's what champions do, right? If you don't defend the title 30 days, you relinquish it. Am I right? Not in this company, because remember, fucking Rudolph had the shit for 83 before their first defense. Yeah, you see what I mean? It's just because then also you remember that whole no automatic rematches thing. You see why I'm worried about that Eva Marie Piper Nivis shit? Because of shit like this, they can't even keep up with their own simple rules. How am I supposed to believe they keep up with storylines with actual complexities? All right, well we'll see. We'll see. Orton versus Morrison qualifier match. Um, I can't believe Morrison goes off with fucking Starship Pain. Part of this is is uh because of the new day bullshit and, and actually i'm sorry not the new they miss squirts yeah, fucking sorry. orton and this distracts him and then riddle scoots out after miss and riddle scooting after a man who's wheeling away from him you have a high-speed wheelchair scooter chase and the, and the miss the pain starship pain happens and orton misses his money in the bank shot can we just get Orton just to punt the holy shit on morrison just one good time for this angle please because I've, I've never been more tired of seeing him. He's only in this match because they need a fucking spot monkey. Because that's all Borison does in Money in the Bank. What? Yeah, that's crazy. If I crazy. hear Johnny Drip Drip or MIC, whatever the fuck he called Miz one more time, I swear to God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, boy. So you get Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against Shayna and Nia with the finish being Cross getting the roll up here. The winner of pinning. You know, you get new you get new music for everybody almost in this. Aside from Shane and I, Alexa Bliss has a new song. Uh, Fucking Nikki Cross is a superhero. We already showed early on the screen Nikki Cross is a superhero now. They molly hollied her. Uh, Nia and Shane are great in this angle. Like, I love how this gimmick has evolved around this. Like, they're the most grounded thing about this. Like, when you look around them, everything is unusual. Like, there's fiends and voodoo doll spells and magic, superheroes and Reggie. So it's like, they really have, like, a lot to win tag titles. Yeah. And none of that's going anywhere because, from what I hear, Vince McMahon loves Reggie. That's one of his favorite things. He loves Reggie. He likes the way he talks. He likes the way he does stuff. He likes Reggie's shit, you know? Reggie's good I'm shit. I'm surprised. 
because it seems like something Vince would like. Yeah, so. Yeah, and of course, Nikki Cross does what she has to do there. She gets her hustle over and updates her wiki page. When she hit this one fucking corner spot and then clacked her fucking wrists together like Wonder Woman, I fell on the floor laughing. Yeah, man, she is awesome. Ching, 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 ching. Matt Riddle has the match of his career. Um, I mean, what can I really say at this point, man? At To be completely honest with you, that match probably determined the rest of that guy's career. You know, like this was a great match. I've seen Matt Riddle matches before. I, quite frankly, didn't even know that he had this in him. You know, and I mean, no disrespect when I say that. But this was incredible. Like, this is the main event level of match that we're going to need from people, you know? Like, he's able to work the NXT indie matches, sure. He had a great match with Drew. Like, he had a main event caliber match, and he was able to physically throw him around and deadlift him. Uh, his timing was good. His spots were good. He made Drew look good, you know? And uh, Yeah, this this was uh, this was probably the best real match I've seen since he's been in WWE. Yeah, by far. Um. I definitely give him credit, and I, like I said, I didn't really expect him to go over, and then afterwards he's standing at the top of the ramp, and, and Randy Orton looks pissed off. I kind of would like to think, just based on, and I'm going based on how they, they seem to have the regular writers and bookers back that at least seem to somewhat have consistency here. It almost seems to me, which is a great storyline, like just Randy Orton just started to realize how fucking dangerous Matt Riddle is, you know? That's what I got from that, where it wasn't even about him being upset or pissed. It was kind of like he just fucking realized, you know what I mean? Like this guy just went in there. He was throwing Drew McIntyre, throwing him around the ring for like 45 minutes and fucking beat him. And then got to the top of the thing. I was like, you're right, bro. And he's looking at him like this bastard is like really dangerous. You know, he looked really (laughs) dangerous out there, man. You know what I mean? Like that is some convincing shit. He's one of the best-looking things on Raw. You know what I mean? Like, right. wow. See, me, I went to this. I knew Drew wasn't winning, wasn't winning this just because of last night. I was like, no, you don't get a no WWE Championship stipulation and then, boom, money in the bank. Because they don't do crossover with that thing anymore. Yeah, but we never knew if Drew was going to... Because after you win it, you have to decide who you're going to face. That's where it was last year. You get the briefcase and decide what show. And since we knew that Drew might be going to SmackDown, that still opened up with the prediction we had from last night where Drew wins it and then decides he's going to go after Roman. So that to me was more plausible than McIntyre beating the, the previous champion. I mean, not McIntyre, Riddle beating McIntyre, the previous champion. And uh, that being said, this was the best outcome, in my opinion. And I think this is wonderful. This shows to me that they're already talking about, they talked about big changes when the crowds come back. They're already working toward it, man. Like, Ricochet's in the money in the bank. You know, Matt Riddle just beat Drew McIntyre, and Drew McIntyre can't get a title shot right now. All of the matches are looking really good. The timing on things is really well done. Clearly, if they didn't know already, which I'm sure they did, they must know that Riddle's one of their top guys now. You know what I mean? Like, easily world champion material. You know what I mean? Easily one of the best things that they have going. So, I mean, this is all good to me. And I think that Orton shit, it, it added to me as well. It added a little flavor at the end there. Like, you know, what started as a joke, now he has to really think about things, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like you have a little, your, your, your little sidekick there is a dangerous guy. Yeah. So. And definitely, don't get me wrong, people. I'd like to believe, I'd like to just 100% be like, yeah, things are going to be awesome. Things are going to be great. But the problem is I've been burned by this place one too many times. Because when when Riddle when um 
Ricochet won his match. My first thought was, okay, they need ladder spots. Kofi's not in this one. Ricochet. <laughs> because every ladder, every one of these Money in the Bank ladder matches, they have to have the spot guy. Yeah, now, but Ricochet you know what? could win it. Yeah, but nothing in life is ever 100% good or bad. You got to take the good with the bad. And when I count like the last few weeks, I'm, I've just been having good. I enjoyed the last pay per view. It's been more good for sure. Yeah, I enjoyed the last SmackDown. Way I enjoyed too much bad. That's my problem. Yeah, well, I'm just talking the last couple of weeks. I enjoyed last week's SmackDown. I enjoyed this Raw. I enjoyed the pay-per-view. I enjoyed the NXT. So they're on a good streak. Most of the matches have been good. I don't have really many complaints from them. Um, I can't say the same about AEW. Did I dislike AEW this week as much as I usually have in recent time? Probably not. And that says a lot considering they had a shitty MMA match in it. But if I had to pick by default what the worst show of the week was, then yeah, uh, they didn't do better than than uh, anything. They didn't do better than Raw. They didn't do better than SmackDown. They didn't do better than the pay-per-view. They certainly didn't do better than NXT. You know, And I can't even judge whether or not they did better than Impact or MLW. Then they're lucky that I can't. But just right now, just from the main weekly stuff that's televised, um, without them even being that bad, by default, everybody did better than them. And NXT did much better than them. And if quality smashed everybody. Yeah. And they're never like gonna be I don't Yeah, and I don't think AEW will ever be at the level of NXT. Not this generation. It's just not you're not gonna go from what happened now from the last takeover from the current Wednesday show and their last couple of dynamites to just suddenly having like just something fantastic. It's just, we're, we're, it's just not there, you know? Yeah, but, but like um, I said, my problem with Raw has always been it's not even that they don't have good times. It's that they'll, they'll have good times just long enough to rope anybody in and then it's back to shit. Get rid of the back to shit, I'm sold. But the problem is back to shit keeps fucking coming back. And then I'm sitting here with egg on my face because I was like, hmm, didn't count him out. Oh, fuck, should I count him out? Yeah, I hear you. And that's my big, that's, what, that's been my biggest problem. Like, they keep going back to shit. And then I'm always sitting over here like, like, what the fuck happened? Like, you guys were good for like a month, and then it was just back to turn. Yeah. Well, again, I have, um, I'm excited. Someone who's been burnt out, I'm excited about wrestling again. Specifically WWE currently. So, I'm on board again. They've done enough with everyone who I've wanted them to do things with. I've agreed with things, especially with NXT. I've enjoyed the pay-per-views. Um, Raw seems to be all right, so... They got to fuck up again. I'm not saying that they won't, but I'm just saying two good weeks. And uh, I'm, I'm going to keep swinging for them here because it, it works for everybody if it works for them. And that's it. I think that, uh, holy shit, super long, hectic, crazy show. But I think that we are yeah. done here. We made it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to check the other chat rooms to make sure that I didn't miss having to shout anybody out. I know it's been a busy week and I haven't been paying full attention. Blah, blah, blah. I know you guys are like, get off the fucking air already, you asshole. When you run, when you run the boards, you talk shit. <laughs> no, yeah, WWE already tried to attack our shit. I have to get off of here and immediately file a dispute. Fail at that shit, too. Stop it. I told y'all, stop fucking with us. All right? Here I am putting them over for being a great company. I look down, and it's like they're already trying to fucking put strikes on our shit, which we always win, by the way. Anyway, that being said, don't forget... That we do other shit here. Not just this, but other shit. There'll be other streams and stuff throughout the week. Our official game for this community going forward, which I've announced before, is Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis. Free to all players on Xbox Live, as well as PC and Steam. 
Download it now. Great game. You'll see us on there. We're going to be doing various streams, as well as the new Dungeons & Dragons game, I believe, just launched tonight. The new Dungeons & Dragons game that they were showing with the Ozzy Osbourne music. So by the time you're hearing this, you'll have access to that, and we'll be streaming that as well. So it's going to be a busy streaming week when it comes to those things. And of course, don't forget Talk Brunch Live next week. Thank you to everybody who has been hanging out with us for this wonderful show, including our buddy Six Slayer and EB Gamer, Stacey Streams, Willie V2, Cabigon, George Z, King Quest, Tunes 2, as well as all of you that have been listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, uh, all of the various podcast apps, and those of you on TalkBrunch.com, Twitch TV, Facebook.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live. Episode 465, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. I'm fucking getting married in a week, and I can't wait for myself and my co-host, Destin Soul Glow Frazier. We're out of here. Bring rice, bitches. Shut me down.